and Ed. Hello, I'm Sean. And I'm Chris. And welcome to the Lack of Focus podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus. And I am your host, Ed, this week. Alongside me, my amazing co-host, one Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how's it going, my friend? Good, Ed. How are you doing? Fantastic. And of course, our producer extraordinaire, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how are you doing, my friend? Good, thanks, Ed. Um, I'm good. I'm good. All right. So in tonight's show, we're going to do something I don't think we've ever done before. This is going to be a little outside of our standardized formats. We're going to do our first tier list. And where else would we rather start than retro video game consoles? Generations 2 to about 7. Uh, the, and if it came out, like, Generation 7 came out in 2004. So that's, I mean, we're, we're getting there to the point that it's almost 20 years old. So we're going to cover over some of our consoles and some of the stuff that we loved about them, games we liked, things like that. Um, there are rules. Uh, we are restricting them to home consoles. So, Sean, I'm sorry to say arcades are not going to be covered in this particular tier list. We can do an arcade tier list for you at another point in time. That'll be fun. And we're not going to be covering PC games either. Um, another tier list at another point in time. But we'll get into all of that when we get into the main topic. Let's kick off with what we've been doing lately since Chris is probably going to carry this for all of us i will start off as usual as i do with sean sean what have you been up to lately um actually not a great deal um that's well i mean it's we i don't think it's been two weeks since we recorded has it oh that's a good question yeah i think we recorded late so um either on a sunday or a monday so we recorded, we're... I believe, on the Monday because I had to immediately edit and get it out. So. Yeah, we did. Yeah. 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 So not much time, but uh, I got some uh, terraforming Mars in our Wednesday game group uh, last week and this week. So as far as gaming, like board gaming, gaming goes, that's all I've done with that. Played some NFL Blitz. Um, there you go. Arcade one up finally got the online set up on it but i didn't play online i just played locally and uh i play as the saints so they pretty much suck on nfl blitz and uh lost who did i lose i lost to the Cleveland oh, oh, oh sean i forgot to tell you i told you because i know we had this conversation before about your favorite team and i told you that louis lips was one of my favorite players when i was a kid growing up mm -hmm. they just got done inducting him into the steelers uh ring of fame this past week Really? That's awesome. So uh, he was at the stadium. He was on TV. And I'm like, I was just talking about Louis Lips. Well, he is officially <laughs> in the Steelers Ring of Honor. Uh, uh, it was uh, at the time of this recording. I think it was two weeks ago, depending on when you hear this. It may have been three weeks ago. Um, but yeah, he was actually in the stadium and everything. Cool. See, it all comes together. Full circle right there. <laughs> That's right. Um, so I played some NFL Blitz, but I'm still like working on stuff i bought another at games legends ultimate machine which is the big machine you bought a um, second one yeah so the one downstairs in the arcade has a four-player deck on it they just came out with a four-player deck so i put the four-player deck and it has a trackball on that one and then Ooh. i bought, then i bought their generation what they call 1.2 the one downstairs is a 1.1 this one's a 1.2 so it has the spinners and trackball and joystick so um but this one comes with some onboard memory and a few other things and then i bought the bit lcd the uh, bit 
Yeah, it's the bit LCD for it, which is the one I showed. Sent you guys pictures of a while ago. Yeah. Uh, which is like an LED screen, not a, not like a monitor. The one downstairs has a marquee that's a basically a high def monitor for the marquees for the games and stuff. But when my friend Chris bought his ultimate, his deck, his original deck went bad. It had a bad button, and then the control board on it when the CRT board was bad. So I gave him my my deck from my original one, which is the spinner. It has the spinners and trackball. And so I really wanted one with the spinners, but I put it upstairs. So when I'm not feeling well enough to go downstairs, I can play arcade games upstairs. And it's like maybe three feet from my desk. So it's right next to me. There you go. How are they for customer support for, for one that like, can you, cause you can buy parts from them. Can't you? Oh, you, you can, you can, yeah, you can buy parts from them, and if it's in warranty, you can get them. Okay. Uh, but Chris is kind of a stubborn guy, so he didn't really want to go through that rigmarole. And they have good customer service, but to get to the point where they're doing what they're supposed to can be a bit of a pain in the ass. So, um, you know, it was just easier for me to give him that deck since I had the four-player deck coming. Oh. Um and then th- I wanted to get a 1.2 anyway, because it, it is a little bit better, in my opinion, a little bit better than the 1.1. But I wanted one for upstairs. And then I also, a few months ago, had, you know, did a pre-order for their Legends Pinball Micro Machine, which is a, um, it's like a, maybe a quarter scale to their Legends Pro big pinball machine. The big pinball has a 32-inch screen. This has a 15-inch high-def screen, but it's, you know, it's big enough it sits on top of my file cabinet. So if I don't feel like going downstairs to play games, I have my pinball machine up here that I can play, and I have my ultimate up here to play. So, and the other rules I have, I have weird rules with how I do this stuff, too. And I also have uh, a 14-terabyte a hard drive that's, literally taped to the sidewall of my computer that is any and every arcade game I ever want to play all consoles you know it has just tons of crap on it so and it plays in the big box system so it's you know pretty easy to select um but I can go back and play 2600 so that's kind of my retro machine you know kind of like your raspberry yeah. pi that's my raspberry pi but you know playing it um on a much larger scale but so how it works in my house now? My Raspberry is, Pi plays just fine on my 50 inch uh, 4K. Just throwing and, that out, and I, and I understand that greatly. Um, but so if I have a machine downstairs from Arcade One Up or I Arcade that has a game on it, I don't play it on any other machine. Yeah, so, I can see so, that. So like I have Dragon's Lair on the I Arcade, and I have Dragon's Lair on the dragon's lair arcade one-up machine and i think i have dragon i have dragon's lair on my big box drive and i will only play it on the dragon's lair arcade one-up machine because it's specific for that um that one has dragon's lair dragon's lair 2 and space ace so if it's on one of those machines that i bought i won't play it there's only two games i will play on another machine and that's tempest and um time pilot because the 
CoinOps X on my Ultimate has the original Time Pilot, so it's the unadulterated Time Pilot. Yeah. Um, um, the one that's on the Frogger machine has variances and it plays a little bit different. So I just kind of have rules like that. So if I have it, the other thing that's nice too is on the Ultimate, they just came out with arcade packs. They came out with a date, a couple Data East packs. They came Ooh. out with a Activision pack. So some of my research was literally done off my, you know, at games ultimate. Some was done off my big box deal for tonight's show. So literally, and and you're going to be proud of me, but this is probably the first show ever in doing all of this that I did homework. Yeah, I saw I, that. I was so happy. <laughs> I was like, yes. Because I couldn't remember. It's just been so flipping long ago that I couldn't remember the games that I had and played way back when and stuff. So. So it's pretty cool if you, you know, if if you lived in my house, you would know that a single guy lives in this house and it's literally set up just for gaming. You know, yep. like I I don't have a dedicated living room per se. I don't have a dedicated dining room. I don't have a dedicated bedroom because my bedroom has a bunch of uh, Legos in it and stuff like that. And, you know, it's. So that's, that's, you know, kind of how I enjoy my life is around the things that I enjoy. I also don't have young kids and I don't have a wife who would have a say in things. And, you know, so I'm okay with all of that. And my cats don't don't think there's, I don't say there's a wrong way to collect. I think we all collect in our own ways. Yeah. I just, I cram it into a very small house. (laughs) Anyway, that's pretty much all I've done is I put together the one up or the, um, uh, at games ultimate second machine and, and you can get that at sam's club so if you have a sam's membership it's yeah 549 at sam's and it came with the uh pinball buttons and everything <sighs> you know so so it's a 26 inch or 23 inch monitor screen um it's horizontal not vertical but it's you know it is what it is you know but uh, I I did a little I played some Burger Time the other night. Um, Love that game. What else did I play? I played something else too. I can't remember. Oh, I played some Pitfall from the Activision <gasps> games. And now that I remembered that my big box drive has all of the consoles and stuff, I'm gonna go back and play tons of these games on the consoles because yep. I have them. So why the heck not? So. Yep. I that's always what have. That, my one or two days a, a month where I'm like, oh, I'm going out and playing is a whole bunch of old games. That's yep. exactly it. That, that's what the Raspberry Pi is sitting there for, is for those purposes. Oh, and the other thing I did, too, is so I have an at games, what's called a at games ultimate mini. So it's a single player version. It's a, I think, a 19 inch screen or 21 inch screen, but you can turn it from vertical to horizontal, the screen. Oh, that's so you, cool. So you can undo it. But. I bought that. It hasn't actually been set up at all because I've been waiting till I could find what I needed, but that's going to become my driving cab. So I got all the stuff. It's a PlayStation steering wheel and pedals that I bought a way to mount them on the machine and everything else. So that'll be my trek into this weekend is setting that machine up. So mm. I, literally, I pretty much bought that so I could play uh, um, Ivan Stewart's uh, Super Off-Road. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you ever played that game in the arcade, but I absolutely did. I. It's one of my favorite all-time games because 
you know, you can either plug quarters in to build your car or win races and win money and pay for it to build your car and make it better, you know. So a lot of skating rink quarters went into that. Oh, God, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's been my uh, my gaming. And then, of course, I picked up my Cadian box. I picked up a Hydra with it. And then I'm going to purchase at least to start with three Lehman Rust tanks to go <laughs> with my army. And I'll probably get six total so I can do two um, two groups of three or four. I Once again, when I figure out the tank commander stuff and all that, then I'll... I'll have a bunch of tanks on the table. Uh, well, Lehman Rust is good, and they you have the uh, the Rogal Dawn as well. It's a new one coming out, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'd take, I'd probably make sure you save enough space in the list for one of those as well. Um, but yeah, I think Lehman Rust are theoretically better unless they have strength nine weapons. Mm-hmm. Well, and then the the Lehman it's such an iconic tank for the ig like like don't get me wrong i i i like the the flamer tanks i like the troop transports but legitimately the hellhounds and chimeras for people who know what we're talking about sorry yeah my apologies um but the lehman russ has always been in all of its variants has been in my opinion like it's not an ig list unless there is several lehman russ tanks you have to deal with i'm just saying that's just been my experience yeah and so one of the things about the Lehman Russes is, is, you know, 13 wounds, pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're 150 points roughly each, you know. Um, but the weapons that they have and the damage that they can do is the output is so good. When you look at points for damage value, Lehman Russ probably sits in the best pocket with the types of weapons. Yeah. I agree, but none of those weapons are a volcano cannon, Sean. You know, I understand <laughs> that. I, I do understand that. But if it you know, takes just, more than one shot to kill a Titan, is it worth shooting it? Yeah, but when I'm shooting three of those things at the Titan, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. or Shadow Sword all the way, or six of those things, or nine of those things. You know, depending upon what I put down. The other cool thing about it too is. I visualize the battlefield with the field ordnance battery going off as the Lehman Russes are moving forward and as the Cadian shock troops are, you know, just getting mauled off the field, you know, walking next to the tanks, you know, you know, what, what better visual can you have in a game watching, watching a bunch of Cadian shock troops that are so cheap for 10, just get mauled off the field while the tanks and the artillery are doing all the damage, you know, you can't beat that. And then a couple, and then a couple, uh, um, uh, what is it? The, I was talking of the, the Sentinels, Yeah. you know, you know, the, the scout Sentinel or the, affectionately you know, armed, known as chicken walkers. Yep. You know, those little things run. And of course too, you know, maybe, uh, maybe a box or two of some, uh, Attilan rough riders, you know, you know, to blow up tanks with lances or blow people up with lances. I like Rough Riders. Yeah. 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 The new models are nice. In the this, first, this, this, in the first this, future this. with space lasers and aliens that eat things, you've got guys on horseback. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the Poles in World War II. You know? Yeah. You know, the Polish army of World War II. Even though they never, ever, ever actually 
attack the tank squad with lances. That's all bullshit. But, you know, we can dream, right? They hypothetically could have. Yes. They didn't. Nope. <laughs> for they, obvious they, reasons. They they had one battle where they covered, you know, covered for the troops to, to leave, but they weren't engaging yeah. tanks. But anyway, this army is like literally built for my personality. So Yep. The 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 IG players tend to be like very, very dedicated. Once they're in, they're in. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's literally oh, and I picked up uh the new um expansion that came out for Arkham Horror Card Game. So that was the other thing I got. The too. Scarlet Keys. Yes, Scarlet Keys. So I haven't opened them. They're all still in plastic, but once I get my house set up then I'll have people over and we'll play some Arkham Horror. So that's that is my that is my uh flight deck for the week. Well, since I know that, like I said, Chris is going to carry it, but I, I, I can, I'll, 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 you know what? I'll go against the grain. I will let Chris go ahead and go next and let him carry, it, and then I'll put my little five cents worth in. Chris, what have you been up to lately? Um, a lot of work, and then a lot of like, dice hate um, work. I've been trying to design new products and things, so that's been really, really busy, really tiring. Like figuring out different softwares and things like that. Um, I've. I believe I've played a game of Legion since we last spoke. Um, I've played some X-Wing, so I ran the Yavin event. Oh, um, how was that? A really good fun. Right, Yavin's like the best X-Wing you will play. Uh, it's just good. I can't... I'm, I'm not going to waste time like elaborating on it. If you like X-Wing, you should try... Play, or if you've ever liked X-Wing, you should buy the Yavin pack Put it on the mat and just play it. It will remind you why you thought it was a good game. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I played two games. I played one as Imperials and one as uh, Rebels. And I was determined to get a Y-Wing down the trench. Because like, the Y-Wings were supposed <laughs> to be the bombing and the X-Wings supposed to be the superiority fighters and cover them. Uh-huh. So, That's how it was supposed to work. Yeah. So we... Um, one of my friends turned up uh, in like turn three, so I just let him jump in. He ran the Y wings, I ran the X wings. Then Han turned up and like blasted some people off a off a tail so they could get in there. And then the Y wing made it into a trench and then proceeded to get blocked like three or four times in a row. He's trying to make it down. So Yavin's a nine turn game. Ooh. By turn eight, there's only Vader left on the Imperial side. And Vader's in front of the Y-Wing in the trench trying to keep him blocked because the Y-Wing's the one got advanced proton torpedo, so it's a range one attack. I've got Han closing on him. I've got Luke and Wedge with target locks to fire their torpedoes at Vader so that this Y-Wing can make it down the threat trench. So turn nine, the last turn of the game, Vader flies off the table, just deliberately just retreats off the table. The Y-Wing lands in range one, He's got his target lock, focuses, fires the torpedo, and Nick rolls his five dice and gets um, one focus result and a hit. So he's like, it's fine. Picks up the dice, spends a lock, re-rolls them, and gets nothing again. So we had ten dice rolls, and we needed to roll one natural crit and one other paint in 10 dice rolls, and we failed. So the Death Star rounded Yavin and exploded Yavin's moon, and the rebellion ended. 
And no. but Vader fleed like a coward, so I like to imagine that Vader was, you know, similarly executed for cowardice, but what are you gonna do? Exactly. He wasn't supposed to be an important character in the first movie, if you recall. Um it was, it was good. Yeah. It was good. Um then I played some Arkham Horror. We actually managed to start playing our uh, campaign, which was uh, we're doing the Edge of the Earth, so that's a Mountains of Madness story arc, story arc from the, the Lovecraftian mythos. Hmm. Um, I'm playing a nice old man, like astronomer, like professor person who's got like z- strength one, and like he investigates on a five, and that our first scenario. We find a cave to sheltering because our plane crashed in Antarctica and we had to find somewhere to like make our base camp. So we find a nice cave and set up in there. And then this time I spent half of the game just putting my coat on. So it's cold outside. Some other people went missing. So I just investigated the place we started and found a bunch of clues. Went outside, was a crazy person waving a gun around. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go back inside. Took my coat off and then resigned. Um, so yeah, it's a, a bunch of glossing over mechanics there, but oh, I effectively man. spent all of my turns not exploring the map to try and find these missing people, because I immediately found one of them outside waving a gun around, and was like, oh, he's going to shoot me, because you, you had to test to to parlay with him, it was a strength test, and I've got strength for one, like, you know what, I should have just stayed inside, so I just went back. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, was, it was good and um, one of the things I've been working on was some um, location connectors for Arkham Horror so like, when you play it with card locations they they have like different colored symbols for what connects to what but it's a lot easier if you put like, arrows down on the table so you can have a visual representation of that Yeah, and like, I've seen 3D printed ones and there's a bunch of different things on Etsy but it's like, I could do a better job than that Sure. So I so I did. Um, so I've got my prototype set that we used for that, and then I've still got to kind of figure out the best way of printing more of them and doing stuff. But that's something that I'll probably look at having in the store. Um, that was the most time-consuming and like most failed attempts that I've had at a product. Oh, so really? Far. Really? Yeah. Yeah. What were what were the hangups on it? Um. So I've got a. I wanted to design the arrow, so it's like a double-ended arrow. So I had to draw that in Illustrator, which was easy enough. But then I wanted to have like make it feel like an Arkham Horror token. So I found some uh, Art Deco kind of arrows. So then I had to size everything so that this design would fit inside the physical arrow. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, well, I could just like etch it. On, so I could cut my the laser and just laser etch it. And then it's like, well, I could paint it after it's etched so that it stands out a little bit more. Then I've got to kind of pick a colour. Or I could print it on with the UV printer on transparent acrylic. And then if I print it, do I want to then put like felt on it as well so that they don't slide around? And cut all of these different iterations. And like, oh, that size doesn't quite work because like the etching is too small when you try and paint it or uh, this material isn't if i make it out of this material it's going to cost too like i can't get a price point that i think would be an attractive buy and so i went through i must have done like 
seven, I think, iterations of the design. Yikes. And then at least four or five printings of multiples of those designs where I did like a set I was going to try and paint by hand, a set I was going to try and spray paint, a set I was going to try and, you know, so just a bunch of different ways of trying to do it. So that was very time-consuming and frustrating because every time I'd print a full set of 22, then I'd know after peeling the stuff off the first one, after hand-painting 22 of them, that if it had failed, it was like, well, that was a waste, wasn't it? But yeah. I I can't only do one because I, I'm trying to... Well, I probably should have, whatever. But I'm trying to, like, how long does it take me to do a full set this way? Because my time has to have value as well. Of course. Because I could just be at work. Yeah. So... There um, is there is that what is it the the diminishing returns kind of thing on that yeah like how much time how much more time you're going to put into getting it yeah I get it yeah um so that's taken up a lot of time um I, I played forty k I played against the weeks of Voltan did we talk about that already can't remember I think we talked about it in chat I don't chat. Know, yeah, yeah I don't know yeah. we talked about it in person yeah you posted some pictures yeah um. Uh, I got I got my shit pushed in from some weeks of Otan, so that was fun. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure maybe we did. I can't remember. Maybe we did because I think I remember talking about going crusade. Like, now that you've said yeah. that out loud, because we talked about how the crusade rules don't get updated, the points do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've had a, a bits trade day recently, so I sold a bunch of uh, projects. Um, so Jill was happy because there was more like less crap in the basement and more money in the bank account. That's always um, good. So yeah, Joe was happy. Um, I built some Lego. I built Obi Wan's A for Sprite. Um, Ooh. So I've got Anakin's A for Sprite and Obi Wan's A for Sprite. Uh, Anakin's is a seven B, mm-hmm. and Obi Wan's is just a Delta Seven. It's like the droid goes on the side. So um, and they updated the blasters on it. So Ooh. they used to have it fires little circles rather than the long torpedo kind of ones mm. um and it used to clip in like you would normally build lego so like the sticky outy bit would mm-hmm. stick in then you'd squeeze it and it'd shoot it out but for obi ones they go in sideways so on upright on the side as a little circle so you get a lot more purchases you fire them out so oh you know, very nice i can really take my daughter's eye out now <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that's it. I've got um, a boat action event that I'm running Ooh. on Saturday. But I'm not running that's a lie. Uh, I'm not running it. I will be facilitating somebody else running a boat action event. Um, but I picked up um, a British, uh, theoretically, it's a British and Canadian army box, but we all know that I'm not painting them as Canadians, not at all. Nah, we're not doing that. Um, so I have like a Churchill and some British infantry and then some commandos oh, and nice. some some vicars. So in the new year I'm gonna try and learn how to play bolt action. Um, you gonna so You gonna do them in uh the desert camo or are you gonna do them in the, the green assault, you know, European I, I have a soft spot for the King Force Churchills. So in North Africa, uh, there, there were six Churchills. Um, the King Force, I think, I can't, it was Major King was the 
commander of the the unit, I think. And um, like the Churchills had had a really bad time assaulting Deppy because they it was a shale beach, and all of the the ground up shells just clogged up the track. So like the Churchill yeah. was a failed design. But then they were like, well, wait, what about if we just don't use it on shale beaches? I'm like, oh, it's actually pretty good. Um, so in North Africa, it was uh, it worked better, but still had like problems with the exhaust. Yeah. So they had to do like you see the pit on like photographs of it, and they hang like a sheet yeah. across the mm-hmm. front intake, and it's literally just like a close wide of a sheet on it to stop some of the sand that gets kicked up from going in there. Yeah. But I've always I've always kind of liked the Churchill. It's just a it's a stupid tank because it's undergunned. So it's not going to kill any other tank in its armor class, but it's an infantry support tank. So the British had the philosophy of the tank supports the infantry and the infantry protect the tank from other tanks. So uh, it's undergunned, but it lets the infantry hide behind it while the machine gun bullets bounce off its hull. And it could take a Um, beating too. Yeah, it's a a, a tough little cookie. Yeah, but it it's not like playing the the Germans where you have the Panzers and um, like oh what's that? I'm just gonna strap an eighty eight onto my Tiger. Oh yeah. okay, it's like yeah, damn good tank. Sorry, yeah, the Mark IV Churchill. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking. Apparently, I've not opened a box yet, but you can build it with the howitzer. So I think I'm gonna build a close support Churchill with the howitzer. I I'm not gonna do the flamethrower one. Gonna do how it's so it's good at killing uh, infantry, and yep. then try to do it properly and have like the infantry killing tanks. So I think the pa- it comes with a, a uh, it's not a pack because that would be a German gun. It would be a, a two pounder or a six pounder. I can't remember. That's what I'm looking up right now. Yeah, uh, it's in the British, uh, British and Canadian um, army box that Bolt Action do. We had no, no, I'm, time, I'm, so. I'm actually looking up the... It's a two-pounder. Uh, yeah, that's the Churchill came with a two-pounder uh, on one of the models, and uh, one of the other turrets was a six-pounder, and then they had the howitzer and then a flamethrower one. Oh, the 75-millimeter, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's is, a fit, Sorry. Yeah, the 57-millimeter was a six-pounder. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not like the, fire, the Sherman Firefly, which had the good anti-tank gun. But yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. No, I sound like I know more than I do. This is just from playing Flames of War um, right well, before I, I moved to Canada. I was going to ask, I, I've never played either one, Flames of War or Bolt Action. I know a lot of guys at the store that do and love, love, love the game. Um, mostly because it is a more, what's the word I want to use? Wallet friendly miniatures game. Not Flames of War, no. Bolt action is still cheaper. Like, yeah, I have. I spoke to Dana, the guy who's running it, and um, I picked up the army box, which is a full thousand point army, an extra unit of commandos, and um, a, Vic- a commandos vickers machine gun that we happen to have lying around the store, and that's like too much. That's too many things to use in the standard size that they play. So I probably spent like. 300 and a bit dollars and that's because i bought like two sets of dice which are like i mean so this is canadian dollars as well so i probably spent maybe 250 us dollars 
and I theoretically I could be done. Uh, yeah, you could. And it's more skirmish. It's more skirmish size than it yeah. is like full battlefield size. You know, with Flames of War, I've seen tables set up where guys have just crap tons of stuff on the table. Yeah, I've played Flames of War. I played Team Yankee. They're both good games. I. It's definitely a 40k style of gameplay rather than like um, an ASL or advanced squad leader for yeah. those in an uninitiated noobs who know nothing. Oh, love advanced uh, that, squad that, leader. That's just me. Yeah, but like, it. It, it 100% is not a simulation. Yeah, it's Call of Duty, not um, Panzer General. Gotcha. Yeah. Is, that, is, that, is that the old game? The heck? Hex yeah. based. Yeah, Panzer, Panzer General. General. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where you're the Germans fighting everybody or vice yeah. versa in Panzer General too, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That was such a good game. Yeah. It, it's a it's a game, not a simulation. Yeah. But, um yeah. at some point in time, like, like I, I think whenever I when I cross over that fifty mark, that's gonna be the time where I'm officially all in on World War Two and then maybe I'll switch to <laughs> like isn't that how that works? Like that that's how you know when you're starting to get old and all of a sudden you find yourself oh, watching World War II. Cool. Yeah. So I'll, t- I'll tell you this, you know, if you really just want to build models, get the flames of war tanks, you know. I think to, so... me, to me personally, I think they're the best model, you know, the best tanks. Size There's wise, a World of Tanks miniatures game now, which is kind Ooh. of an X-wing um, yeah. with tanks because it uses like maneuver tools and everything. Yeah, like, um, and that is it's called uh, tanks. So it it was called tanks on it, but tanks is now out of print, and they released a game called World of Tanks, which gives you codes for a World of Tanks video game when you buy the tanks and stuff. Oh, no kidding. Um, is it, is yeah, it the same so, size as Flames of War? Yeah, it's it's the same game made by the same people. They just tanks, changed it. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, of course, Stein's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes but, sense. But if you... So if you played tanks, you could actually buy Flames of War tanks. Yeah, and it's, the use them. it's the same. It's the same. It is scale. literally the same. It's not even... It's the same sprue, Sean. Oh, it is, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, Gail, I, didn't I know believe that. Um, so Battlefront dis- uh, and Gale Force 9 are effectively the same company. Yeah. Um, yep. As far as I'm... I mean, I could be way off the mark here. Uh, they could be distinct entities, but like our Battlefront rep sells as Scale Force Nine stuff. Yeah. So I don't know who owns who or who's the bigger player, but yeah, I just know that Flames of, War, you, Flames of War has a great variety. If you want units, tanks, artillery, all that kind of stuff. The good I, thing about I, I, Flames of War is that the scale works will allow you to have artillery, and like, there's a point to having an eighty-eight with its like. Mm-hmm. So when you play a guard and you've got a basilisk on the table and you feel like a moron, oh. Flames of War at least kind of fit. It's like, what are you shooting at that table over there? Oh, that's a yeah. new joke. Yeah, because you can oh, shoot, I mean, what, 84 inches or 96 inches or inches, uh, yeah. I believe, yeah. for the, uh, the basilisk. Yeah, it's yeah, you're, bigger you're, than any table you're going to play it on. It's hysterical. Every, really, really, what you're doing is you're shooting into the next game you're playing. Yeah, but that, that's you know. been the joke since that kit came out in 1994. <laughs> but I saw the I saw that range, and I was just laughing. I'm like, 
you know, what are you doing? Shooting, you know, the table next to you. you yeah. Know, and that's, and you still have space to go. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, 90 uh, inch oppressor cannon. <laughs> yeah. On the Rogel Dorn. <laughs> I'm a big fan of playing small games on the, uh, the 40 by 60. <laughs> and, um, yeah, uh, the Lehman the, the Russ shoots 72 inches. Like, you know, are you shooting before you ever even hit the battlefield? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially in the game size that they have set today. You'd never be on a table that size. Mm-hmm. As long as you've got line of sight. And that's the beautiful thing about the Bascus. I don't need line of sight. <laughs> Just aiming over in that general direction. Well, that's the way the new field ordinances do. You don't need line yep. of sight. You've got field ordnance. You can take heavy weapon squad mortars. Then you take the attaché, the master of ordnance, and just bombard shit out of people and have fun. Yep. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. 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 Thousand sons are going to take some pain. <laughs> from a distance, way downtown. Well, from from another whole table across the, the room. <laughs> what are you talking yeah. about? Your You're son's going to... Gonna... Your son's going to pull into the driveway and like four of his Marines are going to be dead. Like, wait, how did that happen? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, He's setting up and they're already dead and I'm still out in the kitchen somewhere. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. We're in the box. I didn't need to add a side. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I'm not even putting them on the table. <laughs> yeah. We just know they're here. So, no, it's good. Um, yeah. So what were you going to say about Flames of War? Oh, uh, I was, I was, what I was going to say is like, I've just never played either one of the games. Like, I know I've seen a lot of guys play it, but I just don't know if they're good games or not. I know they've been told that they were like a little bit more cost effective than other games like 40K, but I've just, I, I don't know enough about the rules to be able to say, oh yeah, well, I mean, it's been around for a long time. Like, I remember when Flames of War came out going, oh, this is going to be a fad game, but it's been around for a long time now. Like long enough, like yeah. that most miniature games that weren't going to succeed have already fallen off kind of thing. And they're still here. Mm-hmm. It feels a good neat. I, I can't really speak to bolt action. So I've not played it yet, but that's obviously been around for a while as well. Yeah, but exactly. It feels a good middle ground between being a, an historical game, but keeping yeah. it light enough that the people who like 40k, but want something more realistic can enjoy. Yeah. Because yeah. it's it is not more realistic, but it lets you feel like it is, and you get to say that you're not giving Games Workshop your money, so the, you get to feel like a big man, and it's all great. The one thing I will say about it is the battlefields that some people make for them are awesome. Sure, you know, because you know, because you can do the well, you can do the historical battles. Yeah, like your Stalingrad's, like your Battle mm-hmm. of the Bulge, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the best thing is. Instead of playing T- um, Flames of War, you can play Team Yankee, and then you can fight over a McPizza Hut. And, uh, <laughs> because they've got all of the modern buildings, which is like, it definitely isn't a Pizza Hut, like, diner. It, yeah. It, it definitely, it, it's not a KFC King, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the, Mc, the McPizza Hut, is like an accurate representation. A KFC king is is a um, a dirty, shameful secret of when I used to drive from um, from Scotland back down to Wigan to see Jill. The service stations on the motorway, so I don't want that be like a 
Um, it's a gas it's, station that's food. What is that? Yeah, like a truck, a truck, stop, truck stop. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So a tr- uh, the truck stops on the motorway on the freeway in the UK. Different brands have different like fast food restaurants associated mm-hmm. with them, and Moto Services have got Burger Kings and KFCs. And it's like, well, do I want a KFC? I don't want a Burger. And then it's like, why choose? <laughs> You can have I can go. I can go and get a KFC King. So I'll get. Um, can I get six crispy strips? Uh, to send a meal? No, no. I just want the crispy strips. Then I'll get a bacon double cheeseburger. <laughs> so I, 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 I used to have a KFC King on the way home. KFC King. That's awesome. And then Chris was a fat mess. Mm-hmm. The end. <laughs> With, um, with with six stops just because of the KFC <laughs> went right through him. <laughs> oh, fun times. Now, KFC in the UK is actually good quality. It's only, I've found since I moved here, and I mean, this is no representation of the country. Don't take it that way. But And when I was in Abu Dhabi, the KFC in Abu Dhabi was also pretty dodgy. Hmm. Um, so guy, Chris is... Uh, tier lists of KFCs would go any KFC in the UK, KFCs in North America, KFC in Abu Dhabi, then the KFC in Cochrane before it closed down and moved. So wait, you're saying the one in the UAE is better than the one in Cochrane? Oh, you, the one that used <laughs> to be, so they demolished it, uh, but it was like pretty rough. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'll send you pictures one day. It, it was like the plastic for the seating was still cigarette stained. Lovely. So, if you think how long you've not been able to smoke inside like restaurants, oh, yeah. So, like, it was old in the 90s, I would expect. <laughs> you know, one thing I've learned in America and especially in Omaha because we got a few of these, but. If you want chicken and you want grease, you can find it. And I don't know which, and I don't know which one you're getting more of some <laughs> of the time. You know, I've had it where I've taken a bite out of a chicken leg and probably more grease than meat was in that chicken leg. Yeah. Because uh, that's American chicken. I, uh, on my way to work last night, because I was running uh, some onslaught demos because nice. why wouldn't I? You know, it's an why amazing would, yeah. game. We talked about it, yeah. I I have mine pre-ordered. Yeah, me too. Uh, I also pre-ordered, because they got added to a system today, I pre-ordered the Many Arrows expansion box, the um, the Red Wizard expansion box, and the Harpers and Zen Trim Wave 1 expansion boxes. So are they going to do them in waves? Is that what that is, is waves? I assume so. I believe it's, uh, again, it's an Alex Davey special. And uh, I mean that's being overly harsh on Alex. <laughs> well, you do uh, what like you Wiz know. Ki- Wizkids, well, Wizkids in general do waves for their um, their deep cuts uh, releases yeah. and everything. That's yeah. how how the terminology works. Uh, but on my way to work, I hadn't eaten because I've been busy doing a bunch of. I showed you earlier showing that box that I made. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to get those right to drop them off at work and everything. So I went to a new Donner restaurant on the way and um, I ordered that. And again, I, uh, so in North America, it's a Donner. Uh, and then in the UK, it's a Donner. There are literally different letters in <laughs> how you, 
I don't know if I'm co- emphasizing the correct lettering, but a doner kebab is what you would eat after you're like seven pints deep. Like, it, <laughs> it, it's not food, but a doner is like, oh, I'm thinking I'm going to go a bit Mediterranean today. I'm going to go, you know, Eastern Mediterranean. We'll have a doner, get some falafel. And, it, and it's like a really cultural thing. Like in the UK, it's like, oh, kebabs, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but I found one and. Generally, a, a doner kebab is made with lamb, and a doner is generally like a beef-based. But I found one, and they had lamb and chicken, and they had like garlic mayo and barbecue sauce. I was like, yeah, mm. grease it up, yeah. Because normally it's like, oh, do you want some tzatziki sauce? And, you know, yeah. like all of the, the correct sauce. I said, like, no, I want garlic mayonnaise, and I want barbecue sauce and cheese and fries. I want to feel like... I'm not going to vomit because I ate this, whereas I was going to vomit because of the vast quantities of alcohol I consumed. <laughs> Could you bring, pre, please the, bring the Lipitor and the uh, the cardiac machine on the way yeah, out gonna, you're I, rolling it out? <laughs> I was going to say, that's going to clean your colon pretty quick. Oh, boy. <laughs> it was good. I enjoyed it. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, the only thing that made me sad is that I ordered it and grabbed it and like, had it on the way to work, so I ended up eating it in the car. And I was like, I really wish I could have like scooped up the grease with a salty, salty fry, and like got that, that doner meat grease with my garlic mayo, and like, yeah, would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah that would have yeah. been awesome. It's like it's like eating Long John Silver's. Just <laughs> pure um, grease, man. Pure grease. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, we almost have a new logo as well. If you guys saw that, almost We're nearly, uh, nearly ready on the backside. Yeah, he's yeah. working on it. I like yeah. it. I really do. I think it definitely encompasses us. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it'll be a nice rebrand. So yeah, be good. I agree. And once we've got the logo nailed down, he's going to work on overlays for us so we can start going back to doing video stuff again. Yeah. Ooh. So that'll be cool. Yeah, and I'll try to get my camera. Once I get this dining room set up into the new game room, then oh. the, the new thing, I'll have my camera up here. I'm not going to do it down in the arcade. I'm gonna do it up here. I think you should do it in the arcade, but that's not we're not right not right now. It, it will end up down there, but it'll take some time. Is that padding enough for your uh, potentially short show, Ed? Have I done well? Uh... Sure, sure. So I'll do mine real quick on what I've been doing. Again, not a ton. Um, still, I got my date got moved back. Um, uh, my boss believes that, uh, he needs more time uh, acclimating to the team. I think he's doing fine, but okay. Uh, which also means that I need to be there. So I'm got pushed back to the first of the year and then I can discuss going back to my regular schedule. He may stay on all the time, but at least I can go back to my regular schedule. So that was disappointing to hear because tomorrow is Friday, which should have been my last day on the five day a week schedule on site. And now I've got a few more weeks of this. I do have a couple of vacation. Uh, like I have a small, my wife's going, uh, going to Florida to go visit her, her mother. And um, I'm watching the kids during that time frame. So it's not really like a vacation, like I'm going anywhere, but I am spending some vacation time, which I'll be sitting on the couch. Um, so that'll be kind of nice. Um, so it kind of works out no matter what. So it'll be fine. Um, so, uh, what I've been into the last, I- I've put in probably about 60 hours. I'm afraid I'm ashamed to say, um, cause I had Thanksgiving off and then I had the day after Thanksgiving off 
And then I had Monday off because my wife took most of my kids um, hunting and it was just me and my youngest daughter. Uh, we had gone um, to the game store on Black Friday and I picked up uh, Mass Effect, the Legendary Edition. Um, it was one of those things that's one of the, because I'm playing the, the seventh generation of games, I have all of them sitting down here for the PS3. It's one of those things like, ooh, there's a lot of time to put into those and I don't have a ton of time to put them. So I'm just going to kind of sit them there. And as I'm going through the PS4 library looking for something else, um, I saw it there and the the guy that owns the store is kind of kind of he and I were chatting and I he saw me put my finger. And he's like, oh, you really should pick that one up. If you've never played Mass Effect yet, you should really pick them up. I'm like, well, I already have them for the PS3. He's like, yeah, but they remastered all the graphics and all of the DLC. Like you're not going to have the same problems that people had when Mass Effect 3 released and everyone made the complaints about the ending. All that stuff has been corrected. You get all the DLC. It's 100 percent the definitive way to play mass effect and he's a good salesman uh he twisted my arm and i'm like oh okay for eight bucks i guess i have to do it and i plugged it in and i have put 60 out i i finished mass effect one i have finished mass effect two and i'm about three or four hours into mass effect three i'm it's quickly becoming one of my favorite sci-fi universes i know 40k is always going to stay on the top because of how deep and rich the lore is. This doesn't even compare. I'm not, I'm not trying. So we're going to take that pink elephant out of the room and say for how in depth the lore is the game. It's a Bioware um, RPG. If you played Knights of the old Republic, if you played like any of the dragon age games, it's the same kind of thing. It's kind of an actiony RPG. That's not what's keeping me in the game. It's definitely the story. And those for me are the games that really kind of hang in there and stick with you for a really long time. The story's fantastic. And being able to play it, like I can't imagine what it must have been like to be able to play it and then have to wait two years for the next game and then have to wait two years for the next game to kind of go over like a six year span of trying to play these. For me to be able to play them back to back to back, it's just been fantastic to be able to roll in from one game to the next to the next and decisions I made in game one are showing up in game three and all oh, this character get died in game two. So now they're not in game three kind of thing. It, it's been phenomenal. I've really, really enjoyed it. I'm really looking forward to seeing what the ends like. I've tried to keep myself away from spoilers. I know, I know only because of the history of what happened during that time frame when the game came out. I remember people complaining like, oh, wow, I played these three games and all the decisions I made. It feels like I got a red ending or a green ending or a blue ending and it didn't really matter. And I don't know that that's an accurate statement or not. I haven't gotten to that part yet. But so far, it feels like everything that I have been doing over the course of the last two games, the 60 hours that I've put in, have meant something and had an outcome and where I am in the game currently. So this is the reason why I wanted to go back to a generation of games that I never played before was for games like this, because it's stuff like this that I didn't get a chance to touch when it came out. And it's all brand new to me. And it's all like shiny new and it's got a new coat of paint and everything looks and feels amazing. So that's what I've been doing. I've been playing Mass Effect and I like it. It's a great game. <laughs> and that was it. That's all I did hobby wise because we had thanksgiving and we had all that other stuff going on and not a lot of time for much of anything else in the week and a half since we or week since we talked so boom that was mine yep. which is a great transition into our main topic so 
we are going to do a tier list tonight. Now, for those, if you've been living under a rock and don't have any idea what a tier list is, it is a ranking of something. And you rank them into different tiers. D tier being, oh my God, this is the worst pile of trash I've ever seen. You get your C tiers, which are, yeah, it had a couple of good things about it, but for the most part, it was kind of garbage. B's kind of your average. A's kind of like your gold standard. And then there's the S tier. And that is the, if I were trapped on an island and had nothing else, this is the thing I would want to bring with me kind of thing. I am going to amend that list slightly um, because of the generations we've had, as I've already pointed out, because Chris is the youngest of us. I'm kind of the middle and Sean's a little bit older. We're going to hit uh, gaps as we go through here of Chris may have never played games or consoles from this generation. So he's well, not going. So one of the things I wanted to ask about is like, are you wanting us to like tear within generations or is it like if no, I, I were to go out and buy a console today what which one would be the s tier console because as a spoiler probably the playstation 5 is the s tier console when because sure, it's sure. going no. to be better than a playstation it's more along the lines of these are childhood memories of consoles that we owned yeah. and that where we would because some consoles yeah. are good and they had great games, but as you look back on them, they're not as much fun as you used to think they were, that kind of thing. So it's going to be grading those consoles, not necessarily on what you pick up today, but your memories of those. And we're going to talk about some of our favorite games on those consoles um, as well. The other thing I do want to mention, of course, I am fully well aware of the fact that there is a geography uh, difference between Sean and I growing up uh, stateside and Chris grew up in the UK. So consoles that were big there may not necessarily have been big here and vice versa. So we are going to try to keep that in. So we're going to start in the second generation with the granddaddy of them all. I am fully well aware before uh, anyone who's older than me harps on me. Yes, I am fully well aware there is a full generation of game consoles that I have completely nixed off this list. Those are like your home Pong machines or the little overlays that you would put on your CRT TV to play a game field on those. I am aware that those existed. I don't know that I, this probably comes into the rules too. I, I don't know that I necessarily consider those what I would consider to be home game consoles. So and, uh, the reason why I think you're correct in that is because you were very limited. Like we had a Pong growing up. We had a Pong. So that was 75, six, somewhere in there. Sure, sure. So, so we, we had, had a, a we Pong, but I, I think you've got to do it where you start where you had to buy games separately. Exactly. Because legitimately, cause, you cause, bought those boxes and whatever games were on it were the games on it. I equate those to those. You had to have seen these like in the late 90s, early 2000s, those plug and play games where like they all had like, even though they still had HDMI cables at that juncture, they also had the RCA cables and they just had like, here's like eight Pac-Man variation games. Yeah. And they're you know, like you you put two AA batteries in and you played those like those kinds of games in my head. Those are almost the same equivalent where they only had the games that were programmed into them. And that was kind of it. So yep. we're going to start in the second generation in the one, in my opinion, that genuinely brought arcade gaming from the arcade into the home, the Atari VCS affectionately. No, didn't actually get the 2600 moniker until the third version of the console, the, the Vader. It had always been a VCS up until that point. Yeah. Because the VCS had six switches. Correct. It had 
the 2600 had four switches. Right. The old Woody, it had the wood grain mm-hmm. part on the front of it. Uh, I, yep. have a ver- I, I have affectionate memories of this one. So I, I actually had both versions. I had, so. I had, so I had the six switch and then I had a black uh, Vader as well. Gotcha. So I've Phoenix, played, Phoenix, Phoenix um, no, I've it, played on the uh, Atari 2600, um, but I didn't own one. And I'm trying to remember um what it was I, we had uh well, my friends had one I, I thought it was an atari but it's not showing up when i search for it well the it it was built into the crt monitor um it ha- and the carts went into the side of the monitor oh wow I I, 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 so I it mustn't know. have been an atari because I, I can't see it on here mm-hmm. so it was around about the same time period but i'm it just not the- seeing it it wasn't the Vetrix, was it? Maybe. The Vetrix was a TV. So that was the the Vetrix was the um what are they called the uh, vector graphics game? Yeah, the vector graphics stuff. And it and had you, the, that's the only one that I can think of that has maybe the side, yeah yeah side blowing cart like that. And, and that was the HP three thousand. Yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't know a uh, a Vectrex. HP 3000 yeah, yeah, is what yeah. it was like. Yeah. So the Vetrix basically was a TV with the games, with the game system built into it. Yeah. And and then you could play vector graphics games, which my understanding is those were some of the best vector graphics games ever made. Yeah. Like, we, we had a bunch of different games on it. Yeah. Because I, I watched twenty eight in the US. Yeah, that, that's the so, yeah, that looks like it. Yeah. See? Look at that. Thirteen hundred Canadian dollars on eBay. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. there there are some Vetrix fanboys out there. They're really expensive to get a hold of. So so I watched a video of a guy who modded the Star Wars um vector Ooh. graphics Atari game and put it on that. And other than screen size and age, it looked awesome. That does sound really cool. But that's not yeah. the console we're starting off with. We'll, we'll get to those side ones. We'll get to those. We'll, yeah. we'll even put the Vetrix in because there is some... 1982? Is this too late for you? Jesus. What? I didn't yeah, say that's, it was too late. No, no, no. That, it's that still... is... That's still Generation 2. Yeah, Generation 2 runs from 76 to 84. It absolutely yeah. qualifies. But yeah. the reason Dude, why I wanted just, to start... I'm just making sure you're not shitting on me and saying I'm wrong. God. I'm not. No, no, no. <laughs> no absolutely no, 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 not. No, no, no. I'm it's, okay. You're, you're good. It's The reason why, I'm talking, obviously, is because the Atari 2600 th- sold over 30 million copies. It was the console that most people associate with the second generation. It's kind of the, the, the crown jewel of that. It's also a very different era of gaming. That was um, when they were making games to replicate what the arcade did. So you didn't have a ton. I mean, they were out there, but you didn't have a ton of games that you played to beat. It was always about setting the high score. So you had a lot of your arcade equivalent games. You had Asteroids in the arcade. You had Asteroids at home on your Atari 2600. You had Centipede in the arcade. You had Centipede. You had Donkey Kong. You had like all of those games that were really big in the uh, arcade, and you had a home version of it. And it's interesting to me, one of the interesting parts is like, I know people complain about this now, like Cyberpunk 77 is probably one of the most recent uh, examples of this, how people complain like, oh God, I can't believe that a games company released a game that it wasn't complete. Good Lord, was this an era of 
holy crap, Christmas is coming. We've got to get Pac-Man in. I don't care. Wait, that's the that's the prototype version? Fuck it. Ship it. Let's go with that yeah. version. That's the version that we're going to put out with. Even though it's been proven in the whole Atari 2600 homebrew community has proven that there were possibilities for better graphics and better versions of the games on the existing hardware at the time if the developers had been given enough time. E.T. is another one. A lot of people attribute that game to like the crash of 83. I, ironically, was... ironically, I liked E.T. So did I. I, I just didn't enjoyed... get it. I enjoyed the I understand the stupidity of the game, but when you're so the funny thing is about it is so I owned one as a kid. So I own a 2600. I'm Same. thinking I'm thinking I got it in 1978 or 79. Um I think it came out in 77. Um, Seven, yeah, 77, correct. Yeah. So I got it either. So I had the the original one, the the six button one or the six switch one in seventy eight, I think. Um, and it came with a cartridge that either had six or ten games, and one of the games combat was like, maybe combat. Arguably one of the best, in my opinion, for the, one of the best packing games ever because it required two players to play. Yep. They yeah. it came with two controllers in the box. They encourage you to play with somebody else at home. So, so this is what I did with this. Um, I actually made a list of kind of my top games on the twenty six hundred that I played. I didn't own them all, but I had friends that owned them that we would we would swap cartridges and or oh god this, yeah. This is between the Atari cartridges and Activision cartridges. I don't think I have any of the sports, whatever there was, the world sports games or whatever. The real that sports. Real sports, yeah, that came I had, later. I had those. Oh, boy, did I have those. So so I have those actually on my At Games Legends Ultimate that I can play, but I didn't have them back then, and I also have them on the big drive, too. But these are the games that I remember the most, and I actually had to do homework for this. Because I had to go through all the games and see which ones I remember. Because for me, you're looking, so you're looking at 78, so I was 9, so 44 years ago for me. That That's how long ago this mm-hmm. was for me. But Missile Command, Space Love Invaders. That. Love that. Pitfall, which is Love that. probably the first best graphic game that you got. And um, one of the first games that I recall playing that you could actually beat. Yes. Did you though? Yep. No. I know no. there's a way to do it. I there's <laughs> yeah. a specific path that you have to go through to beat Pitfall. To beat it, yeah. I was never able to do it. I yeah, probably could, I probably could try it. Whipping to get over first pit, I just die. So I turn it off because I was like five <laughs> yeah. or six or whatever. Yeah, we're, we're um, moving on in life. Pole position, defender, frogger, video pinball. Which I love was, video pinball. Video pinball was awesome because it was very you know, very archaic, but it was just great. Berserk, which was probably the closest Love. game, the closest game to, because literally Berserk in the arcade looked basically like Berserk on the machine. Um, Adventure, which... Oh, God, did I love that game. I still then, love that game. And then Asteroids, which I probably played Asteroids the most out of any of those games. Not because it was graphically great, but that was one of those games that if you were good enough at it, you could play all day. Sure. You know, because there was no end to it. It was just about score. Now, with the Atari cartridges, you know, one of the things is, you know, what you never did as a kid, you had to remember what your score was. So when you were bragging with your friends, 
Or you did what I did and you took like a Polaroid of the screen. <laughs> oh, see, see, that was still. Wait. All right. So this is that era too that my dad and I used to play video games all the time together like that. So we would keep like we had a Polaroid and we put them up on the refrigerator. So like if dad beat my my um, pole position score, for example, I'd have it on the refrigerator. We literally have them over top of each other. Yeah. So so those were the big ones for me that I remember. I I had a game Superman, which was. When you get down to brass tacks, it was a stupid game, but yeah. Um, well, this too, this too was one of the. All right, so I was wondering if graphics was going to come up to it because so well, I and, sh- and I'm I'm going to explain why I brought graphics up too. Sure, go ahead. Okay, so I I follow a lot of podcast not podcasters, but they have YouTube channels on arcades. They're arcade, you know, YouTube channels, and they call themselves, you know, the the arcade community. Uh, what what the hell? Uh, what are they influencers, you know, for arcades and stuff. And I was watching one one day and the one I actually liked the most made this comment where, have you ever heard of the Evercade? Yes. So it's, you know, the Evercade is a handheld kind of like a switch, but it's, it's a cartridge based system. So they're putting cartridges out of retro games. So Evercade just came out with a Commodore 64 and the guy was saying he missed that era, you know, the Commodore 64 era. And he was talking about, you know, just graphics and gameplay and all that, you know, it just wasn't for me. And he goes, you know, it's probably because I missed it or whatever. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is that when you have one choice, which was the Atari 2600, mm-hmm. it, it was the shit until you went over to your friend's house who had the Intellivision. Right. Well, and, and we'll get to that. One yeah. of the other things, if we're, we're talking on um, graphics, one of the things that there's two things I want to point out. The first thing is I don't buy that graphics sells the game. I don't nope. anymore. I think for me, Minecraft completely shifted my um, paradigm on what video games could be. When I saw how big and popular Minecraft got with such very, very simple graphics and now even today like with like games like roblox which i would think is actually a step back even behind worse than um what uh minecraft was or even games like um oh is it it's not Undertale. it's oh god i can't think of it off the top of my head it'll come to me there have been other low graphics quantity games that are still quite popular um regardless so it's always the quality of the game this was the era of the game where you really looked at the box and the box art and the and the you read the story in the manual because that's how you got your imagination going on what you were doing in the game because sure yes you're a square block running through a castle and using an arrow as a sword. But in your head, like you're, there's a lot of that that was left up to your imagination. And a lot of that was fun for me was just for those. So it wasn't necessarily the graphics on the game is how much game, the, the fun, the games. you named a lot of my favorites, uh, a couple, you left out one of my favorite companies, actually, uh, I magic was one of my favorites and they had games like cosmic arc and they had games like riddle of the sphinx, which is another game you could actually beat. Um, some of the other ones, I think I just saw that you had missed. I was just going down some of my list. Oh, um, to get into Activision, Spider Fighter, Spider Fighter, and Chopper Command are two of my all-time favorite games, both Activision games. To Chopper Love. Command, so ch- the reason why I don't have Chopper Command is I can't remember if I played it on that system or not. It's a game uh, that I, I, it's a Mandela effect for me. 
<laughs> I yeah. think I played it, but I don't remember if I did or not. And there well, are other games. There are a lot of other games, but this is kind of my my uh, condensed list of favorites. Sure, sure. My other uh, Two of my other favorites, Yars Revenge, which I See, think I, is... I never liked that game. Really? Oh, God. Yeah. I've had so many, hours, so many hours into that game. And then my dad was a gigantic fan of Star Master. Another Activision game. Yeah, a I game that I played. Oh, it's a space combat one. It's kind of like a, it was almost like the very first, my very first exposure to like a flight simulator, like space combat-y kind of game. I mean, the, the rules were kind of silly and the whole purpose behind it was like, you actually had to use all the switches. It's one of the very rare games before like the, uh, the computer pad came out, you actually had other buttons you could push in where you actually had to flip like the black and white switch to go from this screen to that screen. And oh, if you wanted to do hyperspace from here to here, you had to hit this button and then push it was, it was, it used all of the buttons on the physical console. So it wasn't an error where everything was all in your hand on your controller. You actually had to physically hit buttons on the console to make things happen which i thought was a ton of fun and, and you have to remember the the thing that made the atari so great was the joystick because it was such oh a, god yeah once you broke it it was done you know because it was a plastic stick and, and it made these it made these clink 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 type sounds mm -hmm. it was it was crazy. Well, it is one of the errors, and I don't think that it's, I don't think that it has ever been replicated since the paddle controllers. So again, going back to what the old Pong games were like, it was usually just a turn dial in your hand mm -hmm. with a button kind of games, but there were so many things they could do with it. And I think about games, like a lot of them were variations on the same thing. You're a, pad and you're bouncing a ball and you're knocking a brick off of a wall but there yeah, are so like, many different variations like warlords like breakout breakout warlords yeah uh, yeah warlords uh, is just, to this day i think is still one of the best party games because whenever you've got all four people trying to knock each other out it's so much fun it's so much fun ironically i actually like warlords more on the atari than i do on the arcade I was just going to say that was, again, with that era where they were literally taking games out of the arcade and bringing them home. Some of those ports are really bad. I'm not going to lie. Like the burger time that they put out. Oh, it was horrible. Was horrible. Pac -Man. Pac -Man. Pac -Man. Horrible. And again, that was that was Centipede. that same era. We, we've got to get it out the door. We've got to get it out there for Christmas. E.T. being another one of those games that they had to rush out the door to get for Christmas. That Centipede, the, uh, Millipede, all those. Yep. All, all the all the trying to remake arcade games, I think, were just horrendous. Well, and there was a lot of it was a limitation on the hardware. While the Atari 2600 may have been the most popular, it was not the most technologically advanced. There were other better consoles that did it better. The ColecoVision, for, ex Coleco, well, for example. Yeah, Coleco, for example. Coleco was a little bit later. Were, they were a little bit later, but yeah. they the version of Donkey Kong that they released for the 2600 was intentionally worse. Yes. Yes. Because, because they were Coleco, trying to draw you over to their console. It, and Coleco owned the rights. It was Coleco owned the rights to Donkey Kong for consoles. So right. when, when Intellivision and the 2600 made Donkey Kong, they were horrible, you know, just horrible ports in comparison. Agreed. So I know I, I, I as much. Do you have any more uh, games or anything else you want to highlight in this real quick? Because I don't want to like I, as much as I love the twenty six hundred and I can no no we we need one. to we need to move to the Intellivision because that's the next one. Okay, so we have to rank it. 
So in your in your memories of your childhood memories and the times that you've played sitting on a console, Sean, what tier would you put the uh, the Atari twenty six hundred in? Nostalgia, it's a tier one, but for playability, it's a tier two point five. So would you be comfortable putting it at a B tier? Yeah. Yeah. B tier it is. Um, Chris, I don't know how much experience you have. I'm willing to take your vote. Uh, I've you... played like two or three games on it, maybe like over. Uh, you're talking hours uh, or sure. minutes is an accurate way to count the time <laughs> I played on sure. that. Sure. Because yeah. like, we didn't own it. It was at a friend's house. And like we're talking, I was playing this at a time when Super Nintendo's also existed. Right. Right. Well, then we'll let like we were look. playing retro games. Yeah, that's exactly what you were doing. So. Keeping in mind, though, they were Atari was still producing games for that up until 1992. It's also got the record for the longest life cycle of any console, because even though they produced the 5200 and the 7800, they were still producing games for the 7800 or the 2600 all the way into the early 90s. Yep. Um, so I'll let Chris abstain from this one. Um, myself, I have so many hours and so many fond memories. I can't see myself putting this console anything less than an A tier. Um, admittedly, this console suffers from something we're going to see in a lot of other consoles moving forward. There was a ton of shovelware company. Like it was a very different era of gaming. Like you didn't just have like these games developers that were like focused specifically on those. There are companies that are like, Hey, we should make an Atari game. And since there's no real licensing, we're just going to go ahead and throw games out there. So you had a lot of shit games, a lot of shovelware games that got tossed out there that were just absolute garbage. Half the reason why the crash of 83 happened. But when you talked about those top developers, Activision, Still around. I mean, I know mm -hmm. it doesn't really have the best reputation right now, but still around a company that started off as a group of developers that used to work for Atari and broke away into their own company. Atari, as much as I hate to say it, there are still games that Atari still produces to, to this day. They're still around. I have way too many fond memories to put it in anything less than an A tier. The reason, the reason for me why it's a B tier is because... When you're a kid in that environment and you live with a family that doesn't have all the money in the world or doesn't buy all the things in the world, you know, it's one of those things where it's like a jealousy set. You know, you're <laughs> jealous of your friends because they're getting the Activision games and you're getting the backgammon, you know? Yep. Or you're getting the golf. Yeah. Well, and keep well, in mind for me though, Sean, like by the time I started playing, it was probably a year before, probably a year after the NES had released. Mm -hmm. And at that time I was going to a lot of like garage sales and flea markets with my grandmother and people were just trying to get rid of the shit. So yep. I would go to like a flea market and get 10 brand new Atari games that I had never played before for like a dollar. See, so, and, and, and what's funny between, okay, so this is, this is where to me, this is going to be a funny tier list because I'm going to fade out somewhere here and you guys, Chris will fade in and you'll, you'll fade in more with the actual gameplay at release. Sure. Cause, cause sure. for me, Atari and in television, I played in the era that it was made, you know, not after the era, you know, I didn't have a competition, so I didn't have an NES or a super NES that, I'm competing with time against an Atari or an Intellivision. That's all we had, you know? 
No, when I was growing up, that's all I had too until I begged and pleaded to get an NES because I kept hearing about this Legend of Zelda game that came out that I had mm-hmm. to play because everybody at school was talking about. But that wasn't until like the late 80s, 88, 89-ish. Yeah. Uh, so like legitimately for a vast majority of my childhood from when I was young, it was the Atari 2600 and yeah. hey, I spent $2 at a garage sale and picked up 15 games and I'm going to, oh crap, this one sucks. Oh well, toss it into the pile and go on to the next one kind of thing. Yep. Like there's also no books, it, no internet. Not, imagine not just taking the game off the front of the magazine and doing it that way yeah. or reading, typing in the code from the, your magazine Yep. Yeah, it was one of those things that you you got what you got, and that's yep. that's how it went. But anyway, all right. So we're going to slide into the Intellivision, Sean. You have way more experience with the Intellivision than I do. I will freely admit, my only experience with the Intellivision has been on the Raspberry Pi. It was a console that I did not play in the era that it is. That having been said, I have played games on the Intellivision on my Raspberry Pi. So I know that okay. my experience is going to be a little bit different. Yep. But since you were there in the time that it was happening, I'm going to lean on you on this one. Okay, so I have five games that... So my friend Jeff owned the Intellivision, and I would go spend the night at his house a lot. Um, he was also my uh, our my friend's group or that friend's group's uh, DM. So, um, But the Intellivision, the five games that I could remember playing the most were the Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, not the... It was kind of the side-scrolly type game. It was similar to Adventure with figures, you know, with actual characters. So you had a guy that had a bow, and he would run around, and it was like playing Adventure on the Atari, but better. You know, it was like a step up from that. Another one was Armor Battle, which was like a better tank game than combat, because all these games were like a better game because yeah, the graphics the were better, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, the next game was Astro Smash. Um, that was like a, I think that was, if I remember correctly, it was like you were shooting Cylon ships from Battlestar Galactica, hmm. if I remember correctly. Major That's League it. Baseball, Ooh. which which was one. I think they produced two or three different baseball games. But that was the one that Jeff had that we played. I stuck royally at it, and there's a reason which I'll explain at the end. And then my favorite game on it that I played was Sea Battle, um, which was a game where you basically have a fleet of ships and you're trying to destroy the other ships and get in their base. It was very rudimentary, and I never won um, any any of these games I never won because the controller was a flat controller that had a number pad on top and yeah. you put over overlays into, and then it had a disc at the bottom and buttons on the sides. So when you're coming from a joystick and trying to go to this, this disc pad thing, that basically wasn't even like an eight way. It was like a 360 way type pad. You really sucked at games on it, but it was fun to play because the graphics were so much better. And the games were so much better than when you're playing baseball on the Atari, the original baseball on the Atari, compared to Major League Baseball. So now, for me, I put the Intellivision graphically and game-wise into an A-tier. But for me, system-wise, it's a C-tier because I couldn't play the damn thing. Because going from Atari joysticks to television pads... I was literally unable to play it. 
So if you're talking about games, like you said, you've played the games on the Raspberry Pi. They're I great have. games. They're great games if you're playing with like a, uh, a modern controller. Yeah, and admittedly, yeah, like I'm using like a Bluetooth controller that I can right. use. There, I have I actually have a little book alongside me to be able to say what buttons do what because you're right, they did have a keypad feature that the the current modern controllers don't have. That but is correct. The, the games that I were looking for, I had always been told that oh, if you like this game, you should have played it on Intellivision because it was better. So, for example, Burger Time, in my opinion, is much is much better, better. Is graphically better, hard as hell to play. Because sure. of the pad. If you played it on the Intellivision, you know, because Burger Time is a four-way gate game. It's a try, you know, the diamond four-way gate. Mm-hmm. So when you played it in the arcade, it was literally just a diamond four-way gate. So you could hit the ups and downs and lefts and rights with precision, kind of like Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, and all those. Because if you play on an eight-way, it's very hard. We'll try playing it on a 360-way joystick. <laughs> And trying to hit, you know, all those things while trying to hit the pad at the same time, trying to do your peppers, you know, it's just, yep. so like I said, game wise, it was incredible playing wise for me. It was just not good. Not good. And then I tried out uh, the Star Wars Empire Strikes Back game. That one was okay. It's okay. The Donkey Kong version that they had in the Intellivision was it okay. It sucks. It sucks so bad. It's, it's, to me, it's just as bad personally as the Atari with better graphics because of of ColecoVision. And they had an extra level that the 2600 did not have. That is correct. Um, And that was actually a limitation of the size of the chips that they were using in that era. They did improve chips as they got better. So like, for example, Pitfall 2 is a game we didn't talk about when we were talking about the 2600. Um, That's whenever they started actually advancing the technology that uh, play that Nintendo would pull out of their playbook later on in life where the, the music that goes along with Pitfall 2 uh, isn't on the actual chip. They actually had to put a sound chip on the car, on the actual um, PCB of the chip the card itself to include the music on it, which was really, really cool. And I like the Atari 2600 version of that one better. I actually beat that one. That one I did beat. I did beat that game. <laughs> That's all I have for, for the Intellivision, just because I had limited access to it. You know, I had to go to the friends, kind of like Chris have to go to your friend's house to play sure you know and we'd play for a while but then we'd play other games and stuff so it wasn't like primary primary playtime wasn't on the intellivision we played a lot but we played did other stuff as you know young kids so um the other one from that era and i don't know chris were you ever exposed to the intellivision um not that i've can have it i've looked it up when you were talking about it and i don't really remember it Uh, so i'm gonna say no yeah, that was one of the weird ones where the controller actually was physically like they had this weird attached. Touch to it it yeah. was attached. Yeah, it was yeah. corded into it. I think later they came out with with one that you could detach later. Yeah, on. I think the Pro system had one that you could do with that one. Yeah, and I don't I don't remember that. And then the third system in that time frame was. Oh, the hold, on, hold on, hold on. Can, can I put my can I put my vote in? I, but you didn't play the system. I played some games on. All right, all right. I'll abstain. You're right. Since I didn't actually have a full understanding, I only yeah. played games on another. I, I, you're right. My vote probably shouldn't count on that. I agree. Yeah, that that that's the. If you're going to do these, we have to we have to stick to. Strict did you yeah. did you actually play the original hardware? Yes, because there is a difference between playing now than it, it was then. You know that oh. experience is way different than you can imagine. Um, 
And then we go to ColecoVision, correct? Correct. ColecoVision would be the next one in that era. Ironically, I never, ever, ever got exposed to a ColecoVision. But there weren't that many ever sold either in comparison to the other two. Well, so they were just under... So I'm looking at sales numbers. They were just under the Intellivision. So obviously the Atari 2600 was the the king of the series. 30 million units sold, which was absurd in that era. Yep. Um, the Intellivision was at 3 million units. The ColecoVision was at 2 million. Yeah. So, like, there were a, a, enough out there. This is, again, another uh, console I've never touched. Not I've touched a couple of games, again, on the Raspberry Pi, less yep. so than even the Intellivision. Yeah, and I've played them on other systems, like the iArcade um, has ColecoVision games on it, um, and I've played a couple... And the ColecoVision, the it had a paddle, so it was similar. It had it was similar, if I remember correctly, similar to the Intellivision, where it had the number pad. Correct. And but then it had the, a disc pad, but it had a joystick, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. It also so, had an it also had an add-on that you could add to it that you could actually yes. play twenty six hundred games on it. Yep, exactly. Yeah, which which, which was would the, not fly in today's era. They'd be like buying a PlayStation and all of a no, sudden and I, Xbox games. And if I'm not mistaken, they were sued for it, and, and yep. they had to they had to change something. They could still do it, but they just had to change something because they did something proprietary, and then they you know basically reverse engineered it so they could still do it. But the ColecoVision, I think, was the one that had the most promise because you could you could buy a steering wheel for it, I think, too, and something else. And I can't remember what the other. It was like, oh, 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 I remember. I think it was like a keyboard, wasn't it? I, you're. Well, I'm well outside my school to answer that question. I honestly don't know. I, I think you, you could, could be buy, right. I think you could buy a keyboard for it, but I, I may were, be wrong. There on were that. prototypes for keyboard editions onto the 2600, mm-hmm. but, but they those, basically. They were just Post- using it for the video out, to be honest. Most of the computing power was actually in the, the keyboard add-on. Yeah, be- well, and, and I think that's what became those Atari um, computer-type things. They were the gaming computers. Correct, was- like, like the the 400 XLs and like those. The yeah. yeah. So doesn't that run the gamut for uh, first or second gen for those um, three systems? So I, know, the- I know there's others, but... There the are others. Bigs. The two mo- two notable ones, obviously, we kind of touched on the Vetrix a bit. Again, I never had any personal experience with that one. Oddly enough, the 5200, the Atari 5200, technically falls into this era as well. Really? It is a, it is a, well, it is a console that Atari abandoned. Technically, its official release date was 82. That's but, one that they only made like 50 games for or 90 uh-huh. games for. Yeah. And it released exactly six months before the crash of 83 yep. and the video game. So this console, it probably didn't get a fair shake because Americans were losing their taste for home video consoles at the time and extraordinarily underperformed famously. So that there were like a warehouse full of 5,200s that even recently has come out um, and have gone into circulation that were never sold and never opened because people mm. just didn't buy them. So I'm not going to necessarily count those. So that puts us into Gen 3. This, I think, we're going to get a little bit closer to maybe what Chris may have touched. There are two three systems on here. I'm going to have to roll the Famicom and the NES into it's the, the same s- thing. 
it is and it isn't in the fact that like the Famicom had the disc system, which didn't get translated over to the U.S. The Famicom had the attached controllers and the actual microphone in the Player One controller that was did not translate over to the U.S. version of the VCR style NES. But this is the console that brought back home gaming with a roar, with one of probably the best in my in my best arguments packing games of all time there's probably only one other that i can think of which hopefully we'll touch on with super mario brothers and duck hunt if you got the action set or just super mario brothers they could have easily have sold super mario brothers by itself and just been like an auto sell for every console that came out but nintendo was wise and they sold it with the console whenever it, when it released here in the u.s and i don't know if they if that's what there was the packing game in the uk as well but Holy cow, there are so many, so many great games. I am going to pass this off to others to talk about. Chris, do you have anything that you can add? Because I know you've played so many well, games. Um, so my uncle was uh, a games designer and a graphic designer on um, a bunch of games. So I, I was like five, six, seven kind of age playing my better memories of uh, playing the master system rather than the nes but i, yeah, was, I had both I so gonna, i did play a lot i was yeah. going to include that yeah uh, nes i played um all three mario games um duck hunt we didn't have the gun but again i had friends who had the uh the, the light gun to play duck hunt um i never understood why um the game was called Donkey Kong when you were Mario, but you know, <laughs> that is I, 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 I was a young child. Um, but whatever. Because yeah, obviously I played uh, Mario Brothers before I played Donkey Kong, because that's what came on the console. Uh -huh. So I'm like, but that's why isn't this just another Mario game? Um, but yeah, my favorite games are doing that. It's like the um, the multiplayer on. Um, I want to say second Mario game where you side scroll yes. back in on the other side, trying to kill the other guy and throw in like, the shells at each other. The game, oh, that, wasn't, the, the that, game that wasn't really uh, Super Mario Bros. 2, but they just took another game and renamed it and reskinned it. Yeah. They thought it was too hard for American uh, taste. But it, yeah, it was like, included into the game as as for free, basically, for you to play with your friends. Yeah. Um, but that's disingenuous because i was shit and died because i was five and my uncles were like 12 and um my good memories of playing that are actually on mario all-stars <laughs> so that's being disingenuous but yeah i do have i know what i i have games that i can talk about for these these consoles but for the nes i would realistically you have to put the nes in s tier because it is what creates um, consoles as a market. If okay. you're not going to put ANES in the S tier, I don't think you're allowed to have a tier list for consoles. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> Just purely for the cultural impact that the NES had, it introduced a concept of loss leaders for your consoles and that yep. you were going to sell like, literally the hardware at a loss to allow you to get them into the home. Well, and and it just... shaped the industry effectively, so... It introduced so many things. It introduced basically what your average controller was going to look like on games consoles. 
it introduced so many um, franchises that are still alive and well and kicking today. Obviously, we've talked about Mario quite a bit in the Super Mario Brothers series. Um, but all the first three Castlevanias are on that series. The first two Legend of Zelda games are on there. Your entire six uh, game library of the Mega Man series was on that console. I mean, I can start going like I can go on and on of all the games. And the the upside for the Nintendo is they had taken some plays out of the Atari playbook, realizing, OK, this is where they screwed up. At least in the beginnings, every video game had the Nintendo seal of approval, meaning that they had at least gone through some type of marketing. Now, admittedly, mm -hmm. there is a fantastic YouTube channel out there uh, with the angry video game nerd that will say, how the hell did this get past Nintendo uh, seals of quality? Now, eventually there were other games companies that found ways around the uh, the lockout chip that was built into the console. But until that was time, like every one of these was basically either Nintendo proprietary. Oh, geez, I totally forgot Contra. Um, like there's so many good games that had come out on that console that still to this day were kind of the staples of what games were going to be. This is where you started getting into that era where Nintendo did do it, where they converted over arcade games over at least the early times um, to the NES, but they then quickly moved over to games that you could actually beat, that there was an end to. Right, right. So so I have a list of games. Oh. Super Mario, so, so I did place a lot of Super Mario but I didn't Super Mario like... Bros. 3 is by far one of the best games ever made. I, I, I will stand on that hill. So the one the one that I remember, I never played Super Mario 3. <gasps> well, there's a reason why. Because this hit me when Nintendo came out. It was in a weird age bracket for me because I was in high school. And I was a junior in high school when I got it. And basically... It kind of ran the gamut quick for me for a system like this that you would think, because then I went in the military. After high school, I went in the military. So you just don't have the time when you're first in the military to do stuff like this. It's just the way that it is. I had a time in between high school before I went in the military where it was like Commodore 64 time. So, sure, sure, so, sure. so, so for me, NES kind of burned through me pretty quick. Um, but track and field. So, oh God, yeah. The original track and field, Duck Hunt hits my list just because the light gun game. And I'm not a hunter or anything like that, but that was but you, you could use me. But it was you could be so competitive with that game. Missing out with Commodore 64 makes me sad. Oh, yeah. Just, just, yeah. As a, just as an FYI, the fact that we skipped over that, and obviously, like I didn't have a Commodore, I had the the Sinclair Spectrum, which was very rare in North America because mm -hmm. um, I believe it was like a, I think Sinclair was Spanish maybe I'm not sure but anyway yeah, I'm not sure um, Golgo 13 which, which was which was a great game to play Contra which you already brought up uh, Metal Gear Solid and I can't remember if that's the name if it was Metal it Gear was, Solid it was Metal was Gear. It Solid was the one on the PlayStation yeah it was okay, Metal so Gear was, and Metal Gear so Metal Gear which was the one where you're basically trying to advance up the screen, you know, you mm -hmm. had to find the radio, you know, very cool game. In fact, I had to get the Nintendo magazine to be able to beat it. That's how hard that game was. I did the same thing with Castlevania 2, because yep. there were so many things that were mistranslated from Japanese to English in that game. Yep. Zelda, the original Zelda. Mm -hmm. um, the gold Zelda. Of the, course. The, 
gold had card. to be gold card. And for those who aren't aware, they did end up re-releasing the game in another print run where it was a gray card. That is yep. technically more rare. So if you do find that one, that is probably the more expensive of the two to get. But you have to have the gold card. Yep. And then finally, Metroid. Ah, that was one of the ones I'd forgotten. Metroid. Yeah. So, and, and I'm not a huge, like, you know, Contra and Metroid are kind of out of my normal wheelhouse. But Contra on the NES compared to the arcade was so cool. It was so much better, so much more refined, in my opinion. You know, easier to play, you know, those types of things. The first um, time I'd ever heard the term Contra code, or the, yeah, the Konami uh, code, the, was using up, that. up, down, down, left, right, whatever, yeah. yeah. Do you, know so, what that was, do you know what the history behind that is? Do you know what that originally is for? No. So it was when they had to QA a game and they didn't want to have to start the players off from the beginning, the, their QA testers, they invented the code so that their QA teams could get to the end of the game faster. Oh, yeah. So, so that, they, was, yeah. That, yeah. that was an internal code yeah. that wasn't supposed to ever hit the public until nintendo magazine printed it specifically for uh for contra, contra and then yeah. pe- and then people figured out that they used the same code in other kunami games yeah I, I do remember that now so for me the nes because it was kind of a a very fast burn for me and i was not a fan a huge fan of super mario brothers because of the play so the exploit that's in it where, yeah, the warp the warp zones. Well, it's not it. just that, but the 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 way to get player the one ups. Oh where yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You, the turtle on the stair on whatever level yeah. it was. So you know because that's there, I would kind of do that and then get all the lives and then you know beat it. It, it became very boring to me when you have exploits like that, and so that's why that's not really on my list. I played it a lot, and you know it was good, but. I just, I'm not a fan of, if you're going to give me an exploit, I'm going to exploit it, damn it. Yep. So uh, for me, for for me, it's an S minus system just because this flared out really fast for me. The track and field was probably the biggest game for me in the beginning. When I was in high school, that was the big game. On the mat or off the mat? Um, No mat. Oh, when you used your finger and went between the A and B button as fast as you could when you're doing yeah. the sprinting until you literally had bloody knuckles, you know. Yeah. Um I I remember breaking into full sweats um yeah. doing it on the actual on the power mat. My second run though with the NES was I moved after my short stint in college where we did Commodore 64 stuff. I moved down to Arizona and my brother and sister and their families had it. And that's where Google 13 Contra Metal mm-hmm. Gear Solid Zelda and Metroid came into play. So for me in high school, it was track and field and duck hunt, you know, and then in super Mario brothers. And then the rest was kind of a second stint that I had with it. That was very short. And for me, just it, it went by too quick. You know, I didn't really get a time to enjoy it and enjoy all the games. Yeah, I can understand that. I totally forgot two others, uh, two that are still very popular in this house to this day. My youngest son's favorite game, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Not Punch Out. It must be. It has to be Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Mike Tyson's Punch Out. And that's it's why I didn't include it was because it got changed when Tyson got in trouble. Yeah. And went back to Punch Out. Um, that's one of the reasons why I didn't include that one. And then Final Fantasy. Uh, Never played in- it on it. 
in Japan, Final Fantasies 1, 2, and 3 did release on the NES. And here in the U.S., we only got Fantasy Fantasy 1, which is where you get some of the weird confusion. The Final Fantasy 2 that we got here in the U.S. is actually Final Fantasy 4. The Final mm-hmm. Fantasy 3 that we got here in the U.S. is actually Final Five. Fantasy 6. 6, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then whenever Final Fantasy 7 comes out later in our tier list, um, like it, it was like, wait, I played, one, I played 1, 2, and 3. Why are we at 7? Because... I didn't know until later. Yeah. There, there are going to be a ton of games. I'm sure people that are listening to this, there's a ton of games. The original Tetris, for example, was on that list that we probably have forgotten. Kirby also got his got his start on the NES. Probably That's actually a late release for the NES. That was probably one of the best graphical games that were ever released on the NES because of uh, how late in its life cycle that it came out. The Dragon Warrior series, uh, which is now... It's not Dragon Warrior, it's Dragon... What's the current name? They called it Dragon Warrior in the U.S. And then it was actually something. Unsa Dragoon? No, 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 no. It'll come to me. It'll. It's it's the same game, but they changed the title for the U.S. release. It was the Dragon Warrior One was the game that they gave out actually in a Nintendo Power magazine, like legitimately. Like there were. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they did a couple of those. They did a couple of those, but Dragon. It'll come to me. What it is called something different now. It's gone back to its original name for in the Japanese name, but it started off in one, two, three, and four as Dragon Warrior here in the U.S. on those. So for me, I'm in Chris's camp. Oh, Ninja Gaiden. Oh my God, how did I forget Ninja Gaiden? Um, yeah, this is an S-tier console. If if you're talking about retro games consoles and you're not including the, the Nintendo at the tippy, tippy top of that list, um, you're doing something wrong, in my honest opinion. And I believe you could always get excited about watching Fred Savage. Yeah! There's a whole movie based around Super Mario Brothers three and what ended up turning what ended up being the inspiration for the um, Nintendo World Championship cards, which are super, super expensive. All right. So now I need some help on this one, because I do recall playing this system. I had a friend of mine, a neighbor who had this, the Sega Master System. This is the pre. Oh, this is the Genesis. This was the. No, no, this is the. Oh, this is the pre. Yeah, this is the pre. Well, no, no, hold on. Hold on. Because you had. So. I'm giving you dates here. I'm actually giving you dates. So in 1990, yeah, we're, we're still in 1985. Yeah. Oh, okay. So I, I know nothing. No, knew nothing about this one then. Sega yeah. Mark III slash Sega Master System. Exactly, because you had like the S, you had the SG1000, then you had the Mark II that kind of followed that up, or um, the Mark III, and then there it was the Master the G- Systems. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Sega I, Master I, System. This is where I have some of my fondest memories of still being terrible but actually playing games and understanding what I, why i was terrible i, I just couldn't play them because i was a child yeah. but um yeah it had a little nub that you can actually put like a little joystick on it didn't it yeah you, uh, so you had to um on the, the model side it was filled in but you because it had like a membrane but mm. you could screw through it if you wanted to so you'd destroy the membrane on it but then you could have a little joystick but um games like alex kid wonder yep. boy wonder boy monster land um which is probably my most nostalgic game of all time um new zealand story um then um yeah alex kid's a big uh, series is a big one uh wonder boy is is big um New Zealand story was like a big one for me personally. I, I love that one. You're a little kiwi bird and you jump around shooting arrows out. Um, 
And yeah, the, this one was where I started. Again, it was at my grandparents' house, but as my, my, my dad used to work in Manchester, he'd drop me off at my grandparents' house at like half five, six a.m. Then they'd take me to school, pick me up from school, and then my dad would only get home at like six, seven o'clock at night. So I'd have that time where I'd be playing with my uncle's computers and stuff. So this was one of the consoles I played a lot when I was, what would that be? Um, K through like K6, maybe? K through 6? I don't know what your your, uh, your shit is called. Did the version that you had actually have uh, the card system on the front too? Because they had two. First of all, they... Oh, go ahead. Yes. So I, the one I had, the built-in game was yeah. not Alex Kidd. It was a snail going around a maze. Ooh, you had one of the first um, ones. They actually, yeah. if you had no game at all, you could still play a game on the console. Yeah, the console came with a game. You had the cartridges on the top, but you also had um, the... Uh, it was like an S- a sized-up SD card yeah, pretty much. slotted in the front. Like um, sort of like a floppy drive almost. Yeah. Um, I don't recall like any real game. Like though, they by aban- the time I was ab- playing it, I yeah, was they playing cartridges. The technology fairly early yeah. in its life cycle. Yeah. Like, the idea couple, was that but... those those car- uh, cards were supposed to be higher capacity games, but then they just continued to make them all on cart because they just realized that the cart technology was expanding faster than yeah. They, they got better at doing the right. the carts and like. If, when they re-released the Master System after the Mega Drive slash Genesis existed, like you were playing games like Sonic on the Master System and pushing yeah. the boundary. So you were playing 16-bit games on an 8-bit console yes. with no performance loss. Like they really the Master System especially. Like I believe Nintendo when they dropped the NES to move on. Like didn't push the boundaries as much as Sega did with the uh, like backwards compatible, not backwards compatible, but like releasing on multi-platform. Also, a lot of games that kind of walked that line and pushed that to the boundaries. And I always thought that the Master System had better graphics than the uh, the the NES anyway. Well, and And, uh, in fairness, it did come out like three years later, I believe. It did. Well, and the Master Systems was another one of those consoles that had an extraordinarily long life cycle because even though it had fallen out of favor after the Genesis and ours, the, um, uh, what did the mega drive in your end of the, the world, um, had released Brazil had still adopted it and they were still releasing games on the master system until the late nineties. So like that is another one that like lasted a really, really long time. It was a very niche market. It was only like in Brazil and a couple of areas in that in that section of the world. But they were still releasing games for it in that era. And I myself having a neighbor to play that I remember playing Golden Axe on that game. I remember playing Fantasy yeah, that's Star. Another one. Yeah. Altered Beast I played on that. Shinobi. Yeah. Shinobi. Was that on the Master System? Sure was. The better version of Double Dragon, where you could actually play both players, it's one of the downsides. Oh, you, you, where you got to get the stick and yes, yeah. yes, because yeah. the original release of Double Dragon on the NES was only a one-player game. If you played it on the Master System, it was a two-player game, and it was better graphics, and it did all the fun stuff that you could do in there. Um, 
uh, Alien Syndrome was the other game that I was thinking yeah. about. I remember playing distinctly. So you get to say you know, Blastmaster. Is that one you know? I'm trying to think. So, so, so this gets into the era where uh, my uncle was now a professional games designer, not sending his games into magazines. Ooh. So like, you have um, Gauntlet 3. I oh, know these are still, we're in the 90s now. But, um, but yeah, he had um, a bunch of games on uh, on the Master System. Those those are the games that... So because you have higher... You have more vivid memories of this console. This is probably one you need to a good vote on. Where would you place that in your tier list? So of for me, I would put it as an S tier, but that as a personal one because of the memories associated with it. Yeah. It's but your list. You're fine it, with that. Yeah. If I, I mean, I can't because every every console I own will be S tier, and every one competitor will be a D tier because of shit because I didn't buy it, and that's how <laughs> confirmation bias works. So it's going to be a really dull list. I own the Super Nintendo S tier. I didn't own a Mega Drive D tier. I own <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I would probably put it at. An eight. I mean, if I had to rank them rather than a tier list, I would put it behind the NES, even because it's it was better, but it's using newer technology and it was always trying to catch up. Mm -hmm. Right, the just because it the NES was already in everyone's house. Yeah, yeah. and you so, didn't have the depth and breadth of games either. Yeah, yeah, and you didn't have the the third. You didn't have nearly as much third party support as Nintendo did because they had companies like Konami, they had companies like Capcom that were working with them at the time, and then Sega was pretty much mostly all in house. Yeah, well, I I can I can give a convincing argument as to why this should be um, one of the god tiers of consoles, but basically as a spoiler, but Sega and Nintendo are going to go back and forth for a good few years as we tell this story. We and are. The, it, it's it's 1A and 1B, you know what I mean? Yep. I do have one other console I do want to mention in this era. I don't know if anyone has any experience. I know I did not own one of these. Um, the Atari's uh, last gasp of trying to be uh, relevant, uh, bringing back backwards compatibility to it with the Atari 7800, um, unfortunately for me, this was way too little, way too late. Um, the technology they, they, they released in 86 and they looked worse than the NES. The graphics weren't as good. They didn't sell as well. They were more expensive at the time. I personally never touched one, um, it, until many, many, many years later. Um, so I do want to make an honorable mention for at least the fact that the 7800 was in this era. So real quick, a friend of mine had one and I don't remember the games that he had, but I just remember by, by the time that came out, it, it was an irrelevant thing. Like he didn't even play it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I just remember the 70 in his house, he had it out but he didn't ever use it. Yeah, they, it was it was a last gasp for them. I mean, I know I know that we're probably going to hit the Jaguar at some point in time. Um they have portable systems too. We might do a, an additional one for portable systems, but yeah, after that they were they were pretty much done as a company. Um so before you move on, and I just want to say um in 
on a Discord in video games chat, I posted the part one of a really cool series I watched maybe a year or so ago now on YouTube. But um, it's basically the history of Nintendo and how um, Mm -hmm. they were going out of business and then everything happened from the Mario Brothers um, handheld game and how that got into the NES and how it all expanded. And yeah. Yeah, I've I've seen parts of that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a really well produced, it's well worth a watch, like production wise. I don't, it could be a professional documentary company. I've got no idea, but it's like, it's real good. It's real, real good. And then I, a lot of people also, realize they, they start off doing trading cards, Monjon cards, like in yeah. like like hundreds of years ago. Like the company's been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, and then I also threw in um the developer credits for my uncle's games because um Aww. I'm sure Sean will appreciate this a lot more. If you click through and look at some of the uh the graphics, there should be some games and like the graphic styles, at least, of stuff that you'll remember and enjoy. Oh, yeah. Oh. All right, so now we are going to move on to the fourth generation. So we've got two big consoles. I'm going to let Chris go first on this one because I was more of a Genesis slash Mega Drive guy. I did So play you the... were wrong, okay. right? I was clearly wrong. Um... But I will. I still played. I'm not gonna lie. I still played the SNES. I played games. The, on the only NES. thing that Mega Drive had better is the intro music. The Sonic is catchier. Well, okay. and I I argue that they did sports games better too. So the I Genesis, mean, the Genesis. So I'm gonna throw this in. Three games that I remember directly, and I played more: Sonic the Hedgehog, Madden '92, mm-hmm. NHL '94. Yep. And this is my only, like, real, true, one hundred percent S plus system. Ooh! Because I think this system is what drove the next whole generation. Oh God! Yeah. The sixteen going to sixteen bit and the graphics. I'll be honest with you: the graphics on this system stands up today. I agree. You totally forgot Mortal Monday. Mortal Kombat on the Genesis. Yeah, I, did, I didn't play. I didn't play Fighter. Oh fighter. my God! Do you, you remember the commercials? Oh like, yeah. Like yeah. when they were, it was coming out for all of the consoles, coming out for every one of them. But the Genesis was the one to have because it did take a code that released on day one on every video game magazine you could find on the shelf on to turn the blood code on, and then it became yeah. Mortal Kombat. Oh my yeah. God! That that game that was yeah, the was reason the... why I bought the console was it for was that the, game. It was the parental it was the parental control for the game oh. and they gave it away you know yep yeah 100 well, because that's this, how they, that's how they got is, away with it like oh we'll put the blood behind a code and then they gave it up to every fucking magazine in the country to tell everyone how to get the blood code but the genesis is my only true s plus you know it's to me better than the nes overall i mean everyone's going to be wrong sean it's fine <laughs> okay, wrong. i loved i loved the genesis i i that was the era when i started getting into uh more sports games i blame 100 percent that on nba jam who, i think who was who was the running back for the buffalo bills in madden 92 thurman and thomas no, nobody could stop him in that game yep you take buffalo and you score every single time it was like what was it tecmo with Deion sanders or whatever 
Bo Jackson, thank Bo you. Bo Jackson, much. yeah, Bo my, Jackson. My man, Bo Jackson. Bo my, Jackson. My, all, side note on Bo Jackson was an all star in the 89 um, uh, ML, oh. MLB, hit a home run that year, yep. went off to go to the A89 um, um, all pro uh, game. So he was an yeah, all star in, in two sports, two sports in the same season. Yep. Eat your heart out, Dion. Yep, exactly. Oh God! Um, the it, don't get me wrong. I I I will absolutely tip my hat to Super Castlevania Four as being the superior of the two games. This is one of the strange situations where Konami released two um two Castlevanias on two different consoles, where Super Castlevania Four was on the Super NES and Castlevania Bloodlines was on the Genesis. I liked the. I I have a lot of fond memories of beating bloodlines but I, i've got to give it to castlevania 4 super castlevania 4 it's so much better um but i didn't know that at the time because i elected to go with the genesis for this um so for me the genesis is definitely an a tier i 100 percent agree i don't think that there is many as many memorable games on it as arguably the the snes in the end um because you get li- what link to the past is on the snes am i not mistaken on that Hang on. Um, I don't know. What was the da, 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 Super Nintendo? There we go. So the Sega Genesis had over 755 games. Sure, but you get games like Chrono Trigger. You get, yeah, Link to the Past. Link to the Past was on the Super Nintendo, Super Mario Brother World, Super Mario Brother RPG, Super Metroid, Donkey Kong Country gets its premiere. You, you, you're in the realms of, like I said, this is literally the one you owned is the better one. And that's just the way this conversation always yeah. goes. This is sports teams I, now. I, this I, is where I, it I never, firmly becomes sports teams. I challenge that because I owned the Genesis and I'm rattling off games that were on the SNES that I could say are arguably better games. I like the Genesis for some of the nostalgia when we get, since we're already rolling into it, since we're rolling into the Super Nintendo, I'm probably going to put the Super Nintendo is an A tier or a plus tier even into going into S tier console because of the game support, because I didn't play it in my youth. It doesn't have as much, but it's really hard to argue with the games library that is on that console. Super Mario or like Super Mario Brothers Kart got its, got its uh, um, start on this one. There's so many good games on here. Mega Man continued on this one. Good Lord. Contra 3 was on here. The Final Fantasy games. Like, there's there's so many. So, Star Fox. Oh, my God. I totally forgotten about Star Fox. When they you, little... Once you get into the uh, the FX chip. Um, yeah, exactly. But, like, yeah, you had... Sega had to release a second control pad because they, they'd messed up the controller. Then Sega had to release a 32X to try and compete with just the FX chip running at 16, uh, 16 megabytes. Yeah. So like I don't Well, and that was you would ha- to... I, you'd have to have a real good argument to convince me that the hardware was better because I think you're wrong. I, but I that, I again, make... this is where it becomes yeah, uh, I a did sports make... teams today. Oh, this, yeah, a... this is the nostalgia now. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't making that argument cuz legitimately you're not wrong. Like in order instead of gen- instead of Sega releasing a new console to catch up to what the Super Nintendo was, they did all of these weird bolt-ons to the point where you legitimately Frankenstein your Genesis console with the was 30 30- the Mega CD. 
the uh, Sega, what was it called? The Sega CD yeah. that actually attached to the side. So legitimately, yeah. it was like a Voltron where you just kept putting all this stuff on top of it. To make it multiple, better. Yeah, to multiple, it's just based off that one hardware chip, instead of releasing a new console, that was the direction to go, which in my opinion probably is what caused the beginning of the downfalls of Sega for them. They did release two other consoles after this, but they were never quite the same after Crazy this. Taxi. Crazy. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's that. That's a game. That was the only win they had. Like there was no game like crazy taxi when the crazy taxi came out and that founded a genre of gaming. Sure. Which 100. still exists today. Still exists today. Uh, that's skipping ahead somewhat. It is. So, like, I'm not going to argue if I were to put the two consoles side by side and say which one is better, I will I will defer that the Super Nintendo is a better console and probably belongs in the S tier or very top of A tier. But I would also say that my beloved Genesis also belongs in the A tier, potentially towards the bottom of that list, simply because of the game's library and what they were able to do with that console. I mean, I would, as I said, because of the way this progresses and technology advancing, I think the only way to do is to like cap from for my list anyway, is to cap the number of things I can put in each tier. Ooh. And if I'm going to do that, so if I only allowed two S tiers, that gets, because I, I would, nostalgically, I would want to put the Super Nintendo in an S tier, but I don't think it had as big an impact as what we're going to move on to. Okay, so, so if then I'd to have to put that... them both. Well, then I'd put it in A tier, but then I'm taking up an A tier slot. So then I'd have to put the Mega Drive into a B tier. But but that's the only way. I don't just have everything S tier or A tier. Yeah. All right, because all right. You, well, like, generally, like, generally we have like two big players for each generation who are head to head. And spoiler. We're going to put one of them in S tier and one of them in A tier. All right. You know what I mean? I I agree to your adjustment on terms. So on that note, I will adjust my S tier to include... I will leave the NES in S. I will bump the Atari. I hate to do it. I love you dearly, 2600. I will bump that down to a B tier so that my A tier... My S tier goes... The NES is the only thing sitting in the S slot currently. I'm really excited because I don't think you'll be able to guess what I'm saving my second S tier slot for. I wonder if you can wonder what I'm saving mine for. But um, I'd be so impressed that, if it's the same because we might. But I'll leave the A tier with a slot open, which leaves the SNES at A. That means that I have put both the 2600 and um, the the Genesis slash Mega Drive in B tier. So where does that leave a Master System? Are you a C tier for a Master System? I, I have no other choice. I have to put. I don't have. I don't have enough. There were great games. No, in there. There were, there were, yeah. I don't have enough experience with it to be able. Yeah. Once I think you get below B tier, you should be able to be able to slide them in as many yeah. as you want. Yeah. But I I agree with you. You're right. Everything's going to be S and A, S and A the whole way down the line. Yeah. I, I I see the flaw in my logic. I accept that. Yeah. Well, my my two S's are the NES and the Genesis. So. Yeah. And and you're done. You're happy with that. <laughs> yep. Exactly. All right. I personally, if this was purely my list for my life, I would rank the SNES of a SNES, mm-hmm. uh, a Super Nintendo. Um, yeah, it always was like Super NES is a North American term for it, which 
and I'd never heard it called that until I was dealing with retro video game stuff in Canada. But yeah, the, the SNES. It's always the SNES. Yeah. Um, but that would be my S tier for my personal list because that was the first console I owned. And I that's where I did all of my gaming. And I, I'd play my A tier games so I'd clock them. Um, completed clock. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a term beat them um i tabled them and i then i go to the uh the like the back alley game store and trade like two of my 80 <laughs> games in for like crappier games but like you this is the time of doing like desert strike jungle strike um um our type all of these t- and, like, oh wow across different about that. yeah, yeah. our type is such a good game too I do have some honorable um, mentions. I don't know if anyone had any experience. F Zero. That that was the one I was thinking about. I don't know if anybody had these other games. I was a poor white kid. I did not. I could not afford, and didn't know anybody that did. Um, the Turbo Graphics sixteen or the PC Engine. Um, I did not know anyone who could afford the absurd price tag for the Neo Geo, uh, as well. The I, Neo Geo not a handheld. No, the Neo Geo had a handheld. There was a Neo Geo. So, okay, so uh, my uncle got stuff from work. Occasionally, I remember playing the handheld Neo Geo around the mm-hmm. same time as you had the, so, uh, the, the was wasn't a Game Boy, the, the Sega one, the, the Game Sega Gear. handheld Game Gear. Yeah, the Game Gear was so many batteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, battery Look. life of like forty minutes for eight. Like, Yep, we'll get into that when we do our handheld version, but the Game Gear was awesome because it was basically a Genesis or a Mega Drive in handheld form. It was the exact same thing. Apart from it cost you, I mean, I'm going to convert to American here, but like you were probably paying about $7 an hour to play it <laughs> if you didn't have rechargeable batteries. Yes. yes. You know, the, the Neo Geo was basically the arcade brought home quite literally they were big fat cards that were basically the same boards that would go into arcade like if you ever get into an arcade probably, so unironically i probably did play on it because my uncle had basically every console you name from now i will have had some exposure to good good i i never touched a neo geo again like i said it was 650 us in 1990 when it released um, and then the, the TurboGrafx-16, again, I didn't know anyone that owned it. I did, it, it was way too expensive. Um, and it, it sold 10 million copies, but when you're talking against like the, the SNES that sold 50 million and the Genesis that sold 40, it was definitely a much, much further down the line, um, uh, console. So I played a Neo Geo in the late 90s because my uncle bought himself a retro one and it uh, might have even been a japanese import yeah it makes sense uh, but yeah i remember the giant the giant stick and yep. the, I, it, I it pulled was, up a picture of it it's like yeah I've, it was designed it, to replicate arcade games it was fantastic yeah. it, from my understanding it's a fantastic console but again it was just so ridiculously expensive okay now we're here the fifth generation of console gaming. There are two heavy hitters in here with a couple of honorable mentions. 
the Nintendo 64. I almost, almost bought one of these until the other console that came out, or the other console that came out before it had released a game called Final Fantasy VII, and it was on the PlayStation. And I've never looked back since as far as consoles I've owned until I decided to go back and look at them. So those are the two big ones from this one. The, the Sony, of course, tried to make a deal with Nintendo because Nintendo was looking to do a CD case and decided eh, nah, we're not going to do it. We're going to go with these cartridges. They seem to be working well for us. And every other console, with the exception of Atari. Mm, um, oh, whoa, whoa. don't you dare insult uh, Alien versus Predator on the, Jaguar. on the Atari Jaguar. All right. That was really good. It's probably one of the... I bought an Atari Jaguar in like the mid to late 2000s just so I could play that again and have the horrible um, 3D... So it the way that they did the like the um, the obstacles and the, the graphics for it is that it was um, a flat model that had painted texture on it. But as you would get closer to it, it would kind of like jarringly turn the facing um so so bad so if you put yeah the if you imagine you're playing a miniatures game but all of your terrain is really really high definition high really well painted but it's painted on a two a, a cardboard standy yeah so the, it's like across trees yeah, yeah. Or, all those okay yeah gotcha gotcha yeah gotcha. So if you're perfectly in front of it, it looks great. The second you're like, what the fuck? Because it kind of <laughs> pivots to to give you that effect. I'm like, whoa. But the, like, the frame rates that weren't good enough. And like, yeah. The four frames per second. So I don't have a ton of experience with the, the, the Nintendo 64. I will freely admit to hours and hours and hours and hours of GoldenEye. On the N64, because yeah, that was this the was game a playing it at every, yeah, every um, because it came with four ports on the front. The only problem that I have is I never knew how to hold the controller because uh, it had the two hands here and the yeah. one thing in the middle, but that's where the little it's analog what game you were playing, yeah, right. But uh, the analog um, stick sucked. <laughs> like every person every controller I ever touched the analog stick was broke or had a dead spot yeah yeah oh it's drifting or oh, whatever just get golden gun in the back of the head motherfucker yeah exactly just go with um, odd job and you win that's it that's all that's what I learned no, no I'm pretty sure the term no odd job is in common <laughs> vernacular in every English speaking country in existence yeah do you want to play is... golden I know odd job it's yeah. just a game mode yeah, it is now. <laughs> um, I can still tell you where the secrets are on the map. Oh, I, I played it, not recently, but like recently, um, like in the last decade. And I still have a muscle memory of the path to a golden gun and then where you you back into the, the hidden bit of a wall and then yep. someone, you shoot whoever else is going for golden gun because it's one shot, one kill. Yep. Yeah. Um, but then, I did, did you ever play GoldenEye campaign two player? I have never played GoldenEye so, campaign, period. The only so the experience mode, I have ever had was always four player split screen. Yeah. So the campaign mode had a two player version where one of you does where you're looking and moving, and the other one does where you're aiming. Oh, Jesus. 
So if the guy wasn't looking, you can't aim there, but you could be pointing the gun in a different direction. That sounds complicated. It was. It, it was ingeniously an ingenious idea that was terribly executed and really, really bad. <laughs> there are some other um, great games on that console, like Ocarina of Time is on there, which I have played in other... I think I played it on the Switch. Majora's Mask is on the, there. I have played that. Smash Brothers is on there. The game I played the most on that that wasn't GoldenEye would be... Um, WCW versus NWA. Ooh, yes. Uh, because that yes. was another one for four players. Um, yeah. And Perfect yeah, Dark. That... Perfect Dark's another good one on there. So Perfect Dark's another good example of pushing the technology. Yes. Because that's when you started to get stupid stuff, which now, so like saying this now, is going to be like, what? Well, why is that a big deal? Hmm. But Perfect Dark allowed you to point both guns. If you were dual wielding pistols, you could point them in different directions. Yes. So you could have both guns out sideways and shoot things to the sides and do really weird, funky stuff like that because of the unique nature of the controller on the N64. Yeah. And Nintendo. Personally, I had a PlayStation, the 64 was shit because I'm Team Sony. Yeah, so, I'm in your camp too. I do. I, I'm trying to acknowledge it was a console and it was a good selling console at the time. The weird thing that they did is whenever they did all the naming conventions for all their games, it was 64 for everything. So like even Doom that got a, a Doom uh, port got ported over to it was Doom 64. Like it's so bizarre. Like you've got Super Mario 64. I'm looking down at the list of some of the games. Donkey Kong 60, uh, 64. Pokemon Stadium. 64 star fox 64 castlevania 64 like what 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 the heck that's, that's just like the super nintendo's naming convention being super yeah super this or super that i think super they were star little... wars super empire strikes back super return of jedi I played uh, all of them they were, uh -huh. they were yeah. super in fact yeah yeah yeah. I mean, there, I know there are a ton of there are a ton 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 of 64 fans i i i hear you I don't know how you compete with the PS1. I'm sorry. Or as it was when I was a kid, the PlayStation. I think I have told this story before. When I bought my PlayStation, I bought three games the day that I bought it. I bought... Uh, don't let me go. Let me... When did you buy it? Uh, the the week that uh, um, Final Fantasy VII released. Okay, so probably too late for Wipeout 2097 and Tekken Tag Tournament. Because those no, would have been... If you bought early... I did that play both been... of those, but I did oh, not. Tag Tournament was PS2, in fact. So Wipeout 2097 and Tekken would have been the, the early games. Um, I bought it. Did you have Did you have PlayStation come with a demo disc that had the Jurassic Park T-Rex? Yes. Yeah. So I bought it specifically for Final Fantasy VII. While I was there, I'd heard about this crazy horror scary game called resident evil i ended up picking up the director's cut of resident evil and then i also picked up shortly thereafter castlevania symphony of the night for anybody that knows me personally these are three if i were to do a top 10 video game lists of all time for me these three games are very high on that list i can't tell you i remember playing resident evil at night in the dark scaring the crap out of myself when going, some dolphins jump through a window yeah exactly because exactly, again didn't read any manuals on it i just dove into the game and like i wasn't a Were you, did you play chris or jill for your first run of three i think i was jill i think i was jill the first playthrough on that oh jill 
you're almost a Jill sandwich. Yes, yes, yes. There was some horrible, oh, horrible oh, DNA work on that. Oh. I, I agree. But the overall, the idea of survival, it, it, it to this day, it persists for me. Some of my favorite games you, are... You, Jill, the master of unlocking, should take this. The survival horror genre. And then I have played every single Resident Evil game from there. Resident, all the way up until I've got Village upstairs on the PS5 that I fight. I have played... I'm, yeah, right, I'm maybe some of the odd... But... Yeah, some of the off, like the... the yeah, the I, get, I get what you're saying. The, the core franchise. Yeah, the core I'm franchise. Like, I've I'm currently playing... When I'm not supposed to be playing um, Horizon Zero Dawn, I'm currently playing Resident Evil on the PS4 from a re-release. Because uh, I was like, "I'll just I'll knock through this pretty oh, quick," like, but it's completely different. It's like the layout of mansions change and everything. The HD and, version, I'll yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I I have Callisto Protocol on my Christmas list, and then the the uh, Deep Space uh, Dead Space remake is coming out in January. And then after I get through those, I am going back to this because I know they had did the HD version. Yeah, I, mean, and the HD I plan version. on doing all of them. Uh, I've got because it's Resident Evil and Resident Evil Code Zero. Hmm. Um, and then so you had two come and, on the one. two and yeah, three uh, that were remastered. Yeah. Um, and then you get into a mo more modern ones anyway. But yeah, I'm going to try and... The plan was to try and play through all in order. But because I'm a coward, I won't sit and play them on my own. So I need Jill to be like downstairs knitting with me or something so I can play it. If not, I'm just going to play Horizon instead. Because they are good. So, so real quick... To I was going to say, Sean, I feel like we trampled past you to get to the PlayStation. <laughs> No, no, no. I don't have any experience. PlayStation is my next one on my list. And the only thing I ever bought the PlayStation for was for the NCAA football. Yeah. Game. The sports and... games were amazing on the PS. When you're coming from those cart versions of oh, games. This is where you start getting into real licenses as well. Like, there's enough yes. money in the industry now that you can actually do real licensed games. Yes. So like Madden uh, starts to become the... a real thing now. Madden um, started on the Genesis. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that the but money behind the like, like yeah. having real players fighting over who's going to be on the cover. So yeah. in like, yes, yes, in NCA, yeah, that was so the cover was really weird because they didn't have NIL like they do today, you know. But the reason why I got a PlayStation One was for NCA football, the NHL, and then my son and I played a game called Blasto and another one, Spyro the Dragon. Oh, oh God! I had uh, the girl I was dating at the time. We played Spyro. I can't tell you the number of hours I spent on Spyro. Uh, I would rate the PS One a C. Ooh! Uh, given oh. the confines of our rating systems, I believe I have an A tier slot open, which I will put the PlayStation into. The sixty four, I'd have to put in a B tier from that. Because I need to keep my S tier slot open. Gotcha. So and like um, it, it hurts me to do it because I want to use like as we get to the next ones. I think they are also A tier, but mm -hmm. I think um, purely from moving the industry forwards, the PlayStation being that gambled it was that they put all of that R and D into it, and then Sony entering as a player in the game. Yep. opens up the door for where we go next with Microsoft and the Xbox yep. and exactly. all of that kind of stuff. So I, yep. it, if you don't have the PlayStation, I don't think you get those next rounds of things. No, I 100% I agree with you. I've not ranked mine yet. I have a couple of names I want to spit out. Silent Hill. 
Oh my god! I just got done playing. I just got done playing Silent Hills one and two. Uh, the uh, over Halloween, or other games that I had played and loved on there. The Metal Gear Solid series, Parasite Eve was on that list. Uh, Xeno Gears, good lord! So uh, I, I, we've already covered all of. I'm going to cover all of the 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 Resident Evil games that were on there. So many games that I remember playing. And then the the PS one was a haven. For those like myself at that time frame, other than sports games, who loved, loved, loved Japanese RP, uh, role-playing games, JRPGs, yeah. like like littered with great JRPG after great after RPG after great... Uh, so uh, you start getting like Fire Emblem and all of that kind of stuff coming over, don't you? Persona, all of sure. those big, Luna, big Lunar Stars, yeah. yeah, like all um, of... So of it is worth saying that Fantasy Star was Sega, I believe, and that was a it big... Was. Um, mm-hmm. a big one of those things that came over um honorable mentions that i'm not even going to bother ranking but i do think um the jaguar and the dreamcast belong in this talk uh, and the it, Jag- it's actually the saturn uh, so yeah sega saturn yeah this the, uh, yeah no i mean if we're talking if we're including the 64 i think that the saturn dies quickly enough it's the saturn it I mean, four years, I suppose. I've got a list open. I don't just know all of this information. Um, video games console library, and it's split by decades, and then has each system that came out whatever year. So yeah, the yeah. Saturn comes out in 94 in the same time as PlayStation, but I and has two years before the 64 comes out. Uh-huh. So, but yeah, I, I lump the Dreamcast in with this, purely because it it fails. Like the Dreamcast is Sega's last attempt that doesn't come through. But the good technology thing is that it t- tries to step forwards with the memory card technology. Yes. So the, you get the controller and it has the screen in the controller to try and do other things. Yeah. Um, so obviously like the PlayStation introduces the memory card, whereas then you were you were beholden to the uh the chips on your cartridges but as you move to cd that goes away so you get the memory cards and then this kind of evolves that technology a little bit further so i do think that the dreamcast does that and crazy taxi is a really good game it is it introduces that kind of gameplay Panzer Dragoon was also really, really good on that. I mean, fanta- there were a couple of really good. The only, just... only one, the only one I remember is Soul Calibur. Ooh, yeah. or Virtual Fighter was on it too. It was really good. Oh, you know what we didn't mention um, on the PlayStation? Um, we did not mention that Command and Conquer <gasps> came out on the PlayStation. You are and right. You could direct connect with two TVs and play multiplayer Command and Conquer. You could, and there because there was now the catch to that is you actually had to have two PlayStations, two yeah, TVs, and the ser- yeah, and a serial cable, and a serial well, cable, and the copy of the game so you could both both people could yeah. have it. Because I played a game called Colony Wars, which is a flight sim kind of spacey flight sim game, and I absolutely did that. I also totally forgot to mention at this point in time is whenever. Um, I learned that there were other games in the Final Fantasy series because the anthology games came out on the PlayStation, which went yeah. back and remastered Final Fantasies 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, all uh, on the same console. 6, I think, was its own game. Its yeah, it own was, disc. It, yeah. But, uh, were, I think it's 1 to 4 and then... No, maybe 1 to 5 and then 6. 
Yeah, it was Final oh, Fantasy yeah. Chronicles and Final Fantasy Anthologies. There were two games, but I yeah. bought them all because then I got to play yeah. all the Final Fantasy games on there. Um, I haven't ranked this yet. I have because of our rules and I have no other choice. Um, uh, the PlayStation 1 is an, is an S-tier console. For me, my two S-tiers are going to be the NES and it's going to be the PlayStation 1. There yeah. are better. There are other consoles that I'm going to have very uh, fond this, I'm gonna, this is what I would have guessed you were going to put in S-tier if I had to. Yeah. I, I but can't, I, I still have an S tier sort of open. You do. I have an A tier open. Yeah, I don't. So that's a shame for PS2. Because surprise, surprise, that isn't going to be my S tier. It's not going to be my A tier either. As much as I liked it, because of the yeah. con constructs of the rules that we had. Um, other it's, it's, honor it's it's my A tier. PS2 is my A tier. It was so good too. It 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 pains me to do it. Um, we already talked a little bit about the the Jaguar, the 3DO from Panasonic also came out in this era and Neo Geo's last attempt at a home console in the Neo Geo CD came out. But again, never knew anyone that owned any of those. So here we are well, moving into a noughties now to 1998 to 2006, which includes Chris's beloved Dreamcast, the phenomenal number one selling of all time PS2 the oddball GameCube and the Xbox They're only because the original Microsoft Xbox, because there are four players. This is one of the rare instances. So in gaming. I believe you need to go to 2005, not 2006. Why? If you, cause if you go to 2006, you, you clip the PS three and the Nintendo Wii. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. So well, yeah. you're right. 2005. We'll stop there yeah. because you're right. We're going to hit into the, the, the big three on those as well. Okay. So we are going to restrict this to the Dreamcast, the PS2, the GameCube and uh, the Xbox. So Chris, since you have way more experience with this, I did own a Dreamcast. Uh, I did. I did have some games, but it was all PS2 all the time after that for me. Uh, the, the game, lie. the thing that the Dreamcast did well, was the thing that Nintendo takes over later. Um, the stupid games are what are really good on the uh, the Dreamcast. Uh, Sega Bass Fishing. Yeah. Is, like, you you got the raw... Like, the arcade simulators, so all of the arcade games of the time that were the big arcade games of the time went on to the Dreamcast. Because Sega also made those. Yeah. So that was the one thing that they had the advantage for, but it like they didn't have the licenses and those other big things, so it's kind of the downfall of it as well. But like the implementation of Sega Bass Fishing was tremendous. It worked really well. Uh, everything about it, when you consider the technology we're talking about, is what, twenty years ago. You're getting the motion controller, mm -hmm. all of that. And it worked, and it worked really well. Yeah. Um, the downside with the Dreamcast, of course, is because of the relationships that um, Sega had strained over the years, they didn't have a ton of second-party support, so a lot of it was in the in-house development or one of those cross-platform games that everybody kind of got. And um, unfortunately, yeah. that they did sit in at fourth place in this generation, only selling nine million units. I if you have the opportunity and find one anywhere, Facebook Marketplace, something like that, highly, highly recommend. A great console, a lot of great games. This was the first console that I ever hacked. 
because you could apps you could there was i remember reading a website this is when the internet really started becoming a big thing around this era too um of how to be able to burn a cd that had all your nes games and your atari games you could just play it on the the dreamcast without hardware modifying now eventually i did do the same thing to my playstation so that you could play burn games but you didn't have to hardware modify it was a software modification that you could do to the dreamcast to do that mm. Um, but I think the big hitters at this time, you get the PlayStation 2 comes out in 2000. So I bought mine <sighs> on my 18th birthday. So February 13th, 2001, I drove to Dixon's after being, so I was already in the Air Force. I was on the phone to my bank on my 18th birthday to get a £800 sterling loan. This is where my life began to go wrong. And then I drove to the uh, equivalent of a Best Buy and bought a PlayStation 2, an extra controller, Tekken Tag Tournament, and yep. didn't really have change left from my £800. Yep. Um, then got home and we uh, we played... Got home, I got back to a block, so we were playing, staying in a four-person room. So uh, I got everything I needed, and then we just played PlayStation 2 um, for like, weeks on end. I still remember the conversation I had with the girl that I, my girlfriend I was living at the time going, oh, well, if we want to buy a DVD player, a DVD player is 200 bucks for an extra hundred dollars. I can just get a PlayStation 2. And it did. Why, that. why wouldn't you have gotten a, a HD player? I took a gamble, but all right. So we, we should we should get we should get into this conversation because legitimately, when we talk about the two big companies that came out of this one, um, with when Microsoft's first foray into making a console, they went with the HD version. Um, they went with HD DVD or not HD. Yeah, they went. They, with, they went. So Microsoft decided that Betamax was definitely the higher quality product, and that's what we were going to make. Uh -huh. So that's what they put all of their discs on. They put theirs on a different formatted disc but the yeah. the the dvd is the blu-ray player is or is it blu-ray that's on this it's not blu-ray it's no. it it's not blu-ray on the ps2 it, it it is it's just different it's yeah. definitely dvd point being is legitimately this is the era when dvd player home dvd players were just coming out and quite honestly they were like 200 250 bucks to buy a blue, uh, oh ed's internet's gone off yep oh well so yeah um we had the format wars in the, uh, the this time period as well. So yep. then we get Microsoft entering the the uh, the game. The fray, and, yep. Yeah, with the Halo. Xbox. Yeah, it's so, Halo. And I also I think the hardware it shouldn't be underrated as well. Like Microsoft did such a good job of making things like frame rates and. Um, picture quality and all of that and like that's when that starts becoming something that people talk about when they discuss the consoles and everything you know what i mean yep it's like oh but you're getting a smoother frame and like the same game and those kind of comparisons come into it a lot more yep um but yeah that was um an interesting time i so we're only going up to 2005 which is where we also get so I suppose that gets us to the 360 as well, which I don't yep. think was Ed's intent. We should probably like cap it off before the 360 and just yeah. deal with the um, GameCube, PS2, and Xbox. Yeah, um, the, the orig original Xbone. 
Yeah. So I, I think if I was rating just the three of those, I would have to. Uh, I mean, I would put the the. Oh, welcome back. We continued without you, just so we don't have to edit. Good, good. Because guess who forgot to turn? Forgot to. I, I just we said though. Oh, its internet's gone off. Um, because yep, I, yeah. I forgot to take off the schedule. Yeah, we introduced the Xbox, and I mentioned about how that was Microsoft entering the fray, and the hardware being an actual thing that started having selling points. So, like sure. the fact that um, they would argue frame rates in games and things like that once Microsoft came in, because they were saying that they had basically a gaming PC in their console kind of thing, and that's when that became part of the arms race. It was, and that's for me, that was actually the thing that didn't sell me and has yet to sell me on any Xbox because I always have had a gaming PC and a console in separate environments, so to speak. It never sold me on buying an Xbox because if I already had a PC that could play these games, there wasn't anything on the Xbox that was an Xbox exclusive that didn't that I couldn't get on PC. Yeah. There wasn't. Now that now that having been said, when we get to the 360, there are some games that never made the crossover to PC, but in that era for the Xbox era, it just it was PlayStation because of the exclusives. Yeah, and that's what I was just getting on to. Like if we we split it off into PlayStation 2, GameCube, and Xbox One. So X the original Xbox and Xbox original, One. Yeah. Um then I've got to put the PlayStation higher because I do think that they won the, the licensing wars. They had the better exclusives. Um, you're, the only thing Xbox had was Halo. And that was the only thing that you felt bad for missing out on. Yes, um, agreed. But yeah, GameCube, like Nintendo stops really being a player at this point in time. Because they, make, they, a sh- they in, make a shitty, shitty decision in the fact that not only did they, all right, finally, fine, fine, we'll get dragged kicking and screaming into the CD era. They put them on smaller. So yeah. That literally held less data because it had to be a proprietary Nintendo product. So they limited their ability to put any other types of big games on those consoles because of the size of the yeah. disc. And that they, controller sucked. Oh, God, yes. Oh, God, yes. That was horrible. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's there are... a lot of people who would use GameCube controllers for like Nintendo. What's the current one? The Switch. Switch. People are still trying to get GameCube controllers, and it might obviously it's updated models now. But yeah, and but I think wrong. this is the Smash start Ball. of Nintendo's yeah downfall because it comes yeah. here. So um, it's an interesting car. My son and I just had this car. Is it a downfall or is it just Nintendo recognizing like this is our happy space? This is where we this is the target audience that we want to hit. And we have because if they wanted I, to. I, if, I, well, you're you're wrong. And I'll, you'll learn why in a minute. OK, good. <laughs> uh, so I think this is Nintendo trying to remain a relevant player. I think the next batch is where Nintendo go why are we playing this game we can do our own thing yeah but okay. didn't with this yeah. though don't you think though that nintendo misread the market oh god yes i think min- nintendo misread the market with the 64 i think them letting really? sony have the playstation was what started this entire thing mm-hmm. if nintendo yeah. Yeah. keep yeah. the design of the playstation it was an arms race after that yeah uh, but it was an arms race where they'd given the other the other team a two-year head start and Correct. And help I them don't develop think it. They, 
Yeah, I don't think they ever recover from it in the sense of what the... Uh, I don't even want to say market leading because that's the wrong term, but the uh, the billboard consoles, you know, like the the, the Avengers Endgame console, yeah. if you know what I mean? But they never get back into that space. Hmm. Um, so I would rank it PlayStation, Xbox, GameCube. Xbox is really important to this time time period so i would want i i would want to put them both in a tier as for different reasons but i i would put them in b tier purely for impact because this is more iterations i'd as much as i think the playstation is a better console had the better games and was more successful even i don't even know if it was or not i think microsoft entering the game is more important than how good the actual xbox was yeah, no, no, no. I agree with that. Yeah. Unfortunately, because I have most of my slots, I only have an A slot left over. I have to put this in a C slot. And I'm actually kind of comfortable with it because of the statement that you had made um, with the Xbox in that you felt bad that you weren't playing Halo. But beyond that, everything else you wanted to be playing was on PlayStation. And yeah. then the GameCube, I'm going to put right there at the C slot. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, I'll, put, I'll, put, I'll put GameCube in D tier. I don't really care. Like, whatever. Yeah, Smash Brothers, this is a console that existed Game, well go yeah, on, that's it you know, the gamecube for me is d xbox is c and playstation 2 is a because uh, yeah. this uh, is this is my exit so this <laughs> is literally my exit point from console yes so i've never purchased anything past playstation 2 now my i purchased two xboxes one for my daughter one for my son so that they each had one in their rooms um but i never played the xbox they did and then i thought you you had a 360 i have i never purchased it my son gave it to me oh because he couldn't give it away and i only have one game for it and that's the ncaa football 14 so uh, we're on to that kind of timeline now anyway so we we hit 2005 where xbox gets in the first punch this time and moves to a 360 and with it was the pretty, PlayStation 3 lagging behind. Pretty heavy punch. Um, so, uh, yeah. So we're in the seventh gen now. I Let, think things should speed up now, Ed. So I know that you're getting antsy, but we should. I don't think we've got enough for a second show. But right, I think, we, I think it speeds right. up. So let, all right, let me speed it up really, really quick. Famously, whenever the PlayStation 3 was released, uh, Sony was pretty damn full of themselves whenever the PS2 came out and decided to do everything all in one in the PS3, because not only was it going to be a Blu-ray, they made the gamble there again and won, but it was going to be this multimedia player and it was 600 us dollars upon release. Came with a hard drive as well. Came with a hard drive as well. And this is where famously the, the lead of the Xbox team, his entire speech at E3, when they were announcing the release of the 360 was, 299 and walked off stage because he knew when Sony came out and said, Oh yeah, here's the new console. It's $600. Here's one for half the price. That is what now admittedly, when you get to the end of the generation, yes, the PS three eventually surpasses, but for a vast, vast majority of the seventh generation, it was Xbox 360 or else because of the cell processor that was in the PS three and how difficult it was to, to program for it became very difficult in the very early days to have good 
ported games over on the PS3. It was just easier for companies to write for the Xbox 360 and then backwards it into the PS3. So for a very, very, very long time, the Xbox 360 was the king of this era. I know that ultimately the PS3 wins in the end, but it ultimately it was this was the Xbox 360 with one other, you know, little console that everybody quite literally and their grandma bought to play one game in the Wii. So I feel like we have to start with the Wii and then we can kind of get into our like just because I feel like the Wii is a really short conversation. Yes, Wii Sports and Wii Bowling is an amazing game. The Wii is also extraordinarily littered with more shovelware than I can possibly imagine. There are a handful of good games on it. Yes. I am going to shock you here. The Wii is my A tier console. So my my other S tier. Wow. So the reason why is because this is Nintendo not playing the game. This is where Nintendo becomes what the Nintendo you know today is. Yes, I agree with that statement. If you don't, the Wii leads to a U, which leads to the um, Switch. the Switch, which doesn't happen if if the uh, GameCube. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, the GameCube. Yeah, if a GameCube is success, you don't get the Wii because they right. keep trying to make a real console. Like there's maybe four or four games on the Wii which are real. If you, I say, real, and that's insulting because it's not trying to be, but like. The games that they did were a lot of proprietary games that are the designed Mario, to work with Galaxy, the Wii, the, 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 the nunchucks. Yeah. You get all of that kind of stuff, and it it's such a step forwards, and it introduces, like you said, household, like Wii Fit. People uh-huh. will buy the Wii to do exercise with who will like, old people yeah <laughs> you know what i, I mean it, but, i can't the, tell you the number of wee bowling tournaments i did whenever our kids were having birthday parties and everybody every, even my parents who were hadn't played a video game console since the nintendo could pick up a wii controller and understand and how to play it and having played all three of these consoles i own all three of these i have collections in all three of them i have the motion controllers for all three yeah. of these consoles including the connect and the playstation move the wii got it right like I, it's I, I have the uh, the unit sold numbers for you from this generation. Uh, yep, 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 yep. So the 360 was the cheaper one, right? Moved yeah. Eight, yeah, moved 84 unit, 84, 84 million. million. The PlayStation 3 after, this obviously includes the second gen PlayStation yeah. 3, so they like, reduced the size and made it cheaper. Yeah, and Microsoft, 87 point, yeah. yeah, Microsoft they, they, they decided to go hard in under the Connect for a reason, yeah. which we're going to get to here in a second. Yeah, um, and that was 87.4 million. Mm-hmm. The Nintendo Wii sold 101 million. It yep. is the seventh best-selling console of all time. Yep. That's why I put this as my second S tier. Because in a time where Nintendo weren't weren't relevant, they took a different path and are still a relevant games company today. And it's really hard to argue that. I a hundred percent agree. It's really hard to argue that. Again, I do I do believe that a lot of people bought that for one game and one game alone, which was the yeah. packing game. This goes on to my top tier, tippy top of the tier for packing game releases, because if you have a packing game that sells a console like that and that's it, 
that 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 tells you that it's just a tech demo. That's all it is. But I to this day still love to play Wii Bowling. I still think that yeah. Wii Bowling is the one of the best replications of actual bowling I've ever played. It's fun. It's a kidsy console. It really does feel that way. There are some other good games. The Super Mario Galaxies are good. Metroid came back out on that. You do have the yeah, you, two Legend of Zeldas that came out on it. Yeah, you've got the Zelda games. You've got, I said, Metroid. You had a couple of uh, Resident Evil games on it, which were actually really well implemented. Resident like, Evil the, 4 with a gun controller? Yeah, oh my yeah, god, was the, that good. The way they implemented games onto it, they didn't do the lazy thing of porting. They made companies design features that were specific to this console as well. Yeah. And, and I say make, companies took advantage of this unique thing. Sure. And I, I and that's why I think it's such an important console in the history of this kind of conversation because it takes a different way. Like, it stops chasing frame rates and power. It stops being about that. It starts being about, wait a minute, people can just play games and have fun, right? Yeah. And it became the gimmick became the game like where other consoles like the Xbox 360 had the Kinect had some games that tried to have games that were close to like, oh, you can use a Kinect controller for this, but you're really going to be using a sit down controller because that's where our vast majority of our market is. And the PlayStation Move had a couple of light gun ish games and they had their exercise games but really you were sitting down and using controller the Wii took a completely different direction they leaned hard into that quote-unquote gimmick of motion controls and a vast majority of the games were based on using like chris said the nunchuck and the the motion controller i remember this is this is the first unleashed Exactly. This is the first game that I remember buying for myself that I had to stop playing because my son had gotten so much farther away from it and he had so much more fun playing it than I did was playing Force Unleashed on the Wii. A hundred percent. If you're going to play that game, that in two, that is the way that I would recommend doing it because it is way more fun whacking around doing that than than it is on a controller. It's just more fun. Um, I I only only all I'm going to say now is after this, enjoy putting it in C tier, loser. I know, I know. You filled up your slots. I yeah. did. Yeah, <laughs> you did it to me because I have to reserve the slot for something else that we're going to talk about yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, um. So we've got PlayStation Three and Xbox Three Sixty to still go about. All right. I owned both of these consoles at different I, times. I own both I currently right now. The Three Sixty pushed too hard and had more reliability issues. Like the red circle. Yeah, the red light of death. Yeah. It only refers to the three six. That's where it comes about. Yeah. Whenever you hear uh, that phrase, so, it comes from that. Now, oh, admittedly, the PS3 the, had the red ring. Is that the red ring yeah. of death? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 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 And then the PlayStation 3 also had similar problems. They both had very similar issues with video cards and the ball joints that are connecting the two, uh, the PS3, original PS3. But PlayStation fixed theirs faster than. Yeah than the xbox 360 did like so much so like microsoft extended the warranty of their 360 consoles out to three years because they knew they fucked up and like that's unheard of in these days for a company to go yep we're gonna give you a three-year warranty on anything electronic here's the struggle that i have the same struggle that we had when we talked about the original xbox i have the same problem with the 360 um because i'm a playstation fanboy i'm not this is my this is my second a tier console um because I'm a PlayStation fanboy, I did when I did start collecting the the PlayStation Three last year. I have a very vast collection of PS3 games directly behind me. This is the era of the cross-platform games, where 
hey, Dead Space is a great game. Yeah, you can play them on both. So since I have the Dead Space trilogy on the PS3, I don't need it for the 360. Hey, um, the Mass Effect trilogy, you can play that on the 360. Sure, I also have it for the PS3. I can run down list after list after list of all these great games that are great on both consoles, but since I already bought them for the PS3, I don't have an interest in buying them again on the 360. So you get down to the 360 and you have, obviously your Mass Effect's 3, 4, all the versions of Mass it's 3, for Halo, um, Reach, uh, OSD, of all these other Halo games. You have the Gears of War trilogy and you have the Fable collection that's all on the 360. And then everything else are games that you can play somewhere else. So, like, there's not a lot of draw to it for me. I think the key to the, the reason why I would put the PlayStation 3 ahead of the 360 and if we're talking about pure games consoles, which I don't oh. really class the Wii as, I, I think it's an S-tier console, but for other reasons. Mm-hmm. The longevity of a PS3. So I bought a new PS3 in 2013 when I moved to Canada. I was buying games when we started recording Nova. I bought Stick of Truth, South Park Stick of Truth on the PS3. <laughs> That's a great game. I bought uh, XCOM on the PS3. Yep. I, I was buying games like nearly a decade after this console released Yep. for it. And up until PS5, I believe they were still making new games they for are the still- PS3. So Square Enix is notorious for continuing to re-release versions of the game. There are still new copies of Square Enix games that you can buy right now that are still to this day being printed for the PS3. Even yeah. though Sony Sony still updates the software, they keep updating the uh, D, the Blu-ray codex so that new if you if you buy a Blu-ray off the shelf today, mine is still there. It's you can't see it because we don't have the cameras on. But yeah, it, it like I'll see if the I get one I bought when I moved to Canada is still there. It, I, I have. There's it, mine. It's how I play my PlayStation games, my PlayStation Two games. Although Ed tells me I might not be able to. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I back, would. My backwards compatible ones here. I have my hacked yeah. one upstairs. I play it at least once a week. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's your other high ranked one then. Uh, that's my second A tier one. Yeah. 100%. Um, so, like, there's just so many good. There's so many. So, like, I went through just once the cross platform games, but if the, from the Sony perspective, the entire Uncharted series is on that console. The, um, oh, God. Here. Fear trilogy is on that console, and again, Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed's on both consoles, but I have yep. all of the Assassin's Creed games on there. Yeah, and- I played them originally on the 360, but I mean, at this point, you have very few companies who are willing to be exclusive, sure, because sure. this is where like crunch becomes a real, real thing, and well, this uh, is the, where you start the getting gaming the industry in-, in general tends to evolve a little bit around this point to be a big money business which comes with pluses and minuses well that's where i struggle um, with the ps5 to be perfectly honest with you because like well what yeah. games are on it that i can't play somewhere else and the the short answer is yeah. unfortunately two years after the console released there aren't many there are no. a few sure and there are a few good ones that are quote-unquote ps5 only but a lot of them are still they're still supporting the ps4 so you yeah. can get them either the ps4 like... or the ps5 as we get to it now, we get to 2013. Isn't uh, Nintendo U comes out, but people are still buying Wii. Right, the Wii is still out selling yeah. the Nintendo U at, at launch because yep. it's it's known technology. 
so I'm not going to talk about Nintendo again, even when we get to the Switch. I'm not going to talk about them for me personally because I don't have any relevance to it. But um, technically, we're at the end of the list. We were going to stop in the seventh generation. Yeah, this was retro games because technically, since they're still they are still making games for the PS4. They are still making games for the Wii. And I guess we're done. Easy. Yeah. And they are still making games for the Xbox One and the Switch technically falls into that category. Those are still quote unquote active live consoles. They are not retro consoles. So we're at the end of our list. So wait, to recap, Sean, do you remember your two S tiers? Yeah, it was the NES and the Genesis. Yeah, mine was the NES and the PlayStation. And then Chris, yours was the NES and the Wii. Yeah, and I and I see I see your reasons why. So my A tiers, if I recall correctly, would have been the PS3, and what else was the other? Oh, I put did I put the Genesis at A tier? I had to have. Yeah. I mean, I I get to lie now, and if I'm wrong, I'd set it out. But my A tiers would be the uh, Super Nintendo, and then the PlayStation. And I only had one A tier, which oh. was which was the PlayStation Two. Yeah, and then yeah. I think my everything else was B or C. Yeah, B's was the Super NES. And I mean, I... the more I think about it and that longevity we just spoke about, I feel like I could be convinced to drop probably the Super Nintendo. Uh, it's hard because of nostalgia value, but I could be convinced to swap the Super Nintendo for the PlayStation 3 when I think about it from a purely console and hardware thing of like... Yeah, but that doesn't have to be your judgment criteria. No, I, I know. I'm, 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 I'm not saying I am changing it. I'm yeah, saying I, I just, could be convinced to put it out there. Yeah. So if you, if you, the listeners, would like to convince me, you can try. That's all I'm saying, you know? All right, so... I proposed this about a few days ago, gave you guys some time to work in. What did you think of doing our first tier list? This was more, this is a lot of fun. It's a hell of a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) It was. And I was surprised, like legit. I thought you were going to come up with some kind of Chris. I'm not going to lie. Coming from the UK, I thought you, I knew, I knew the, the master system was going to be a a point of contention because I knew that was one that we didn't really see a ton over here on the U S side. I knew you had more experience with it. I honestly was expecting to go, well, you totally forgot this console. This was gigantic when I was growing up other than the, the, I, I think you fall into a good age period because like, we didn't really talk about the Sinclair spectrum, which was like, I would have I would have been six to seven kind of thing. We're talking mm-hmm. mid eighties. And like, but it's not really relevant because it's like it's not a PC. PCs do not exist at this point. There's no such thing as a personal computer yet. Yeah, it, yeah. No. It's all of that kind of um like word like is it, was it even word processors they were called? I can't remember what you used what, to call what, it. What year what year are you talking? Like eighty six ish. No, they would have no. been. They would have been no, home computers back then. Yeah, you yeah. had Apple. You had the Apple brands. Yeah, you had I, the, the I, Apple I, IBM. The eighty eighty six IBMs were out. Yeah, um, but um, like it wasn't. What I mean, it, it's not the early nineties, and it's not um, it's not the do, 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 Intel inside Windows. Yeah, which yeah. is like yeah. when it really becomes a thing, and like. And basically, the advent of the internet is what drives home computers. Yeah, agree. Well, yeah, because those two because things kind of go hand in hand. But I think what, we're getting what, into what, uh, a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, and just to 
just because I have this thought, but what morphed into what we know as computers today were the, you know, the IBM or the clone, P, the 8086s that then became 286s that became 386s. Ooh. It was all on that architecture more remember so Remember when 386 megahertz was a big deal. I remember upgrading oh, yeah. 286 to 386 with my whopping 4 megs of RAM. Yeah. The three eighty six thirty three, you know. Yeah. I, I remember not be not caring about computers because I already had sixteen uh like sixteen bits in my place in my Super Nintendo. Yep. Yeah. Like, why why would I spend thousands of dollars on that when I spend hundreds of dollars MS on this? MS-DOS games, baby. Doom. Doom. MS, That's MS why I did games. it. Tony LaRue's yeah, baseball. By Doom, I assume you mean Duke Nukem. No, it was Doom for I did do both, but Doom was the reason why I wanted to get into computer. Well, you're a you're a, a degenerate teenager. You played Duke Nukem more, don't lie. I did, yeah. <laughs> but Doom was a great game. I'm just did you, so we played a um, a homebrew mini game of Duke Nukem where you put the wall hack in and the unlimited weapons, and then you just play the first level, but you laser mine as many places as you can then yep. you go back to the start and then you turn wall hacks off and the other player's got to make it through <laughs> oh man Sick. all right so that is gonna do it for this one i hope you enjoyed our first tier list i had a ton of fun it was a lot of mem- uh dashes down memory lane for me on a lot of these sean always good talking to you my friend yep always good taking the stroll down memory lane Chris, this worked out better than I thought it was going to. Always good talking to you, my friend. It's always good to be here, Ed. It's, uh, it was fun. I wasn't sure how it would go. I, I didn't do the homework Sean did. I figured I'd just let you lead the show and see where it took us. So I think we had some interesting conversation there. It's obviously buried after like an hour of us just rambling about garbage, but that's like a focus for you. It is. It wouldn't be us otherwise. Do you have some housekeeping you want to do before we go? I'll try and keep it short so I, I know that it's getting late, but um, I wanted to say that we are, if you don't listen to every podcast that comes through on the feed now and you only listen to Lack of Focus, over on the Deploy with Garrison podcast I do with Zach Matthews and Alan who played D&D with us, we're doing a Legion podcast. Legion's points should be coming out in December, so we did our uh, guesses of what we thought Ooh. some points changes were going to be. So we did the same thing we used to do for X-Wing, where um, whoever gets quotes is going to pick the charity. So if you wanted to make sure that some Patreon money goes to a good cause, you can still sign up, and all the Patreon money for December will go to the charity of the person's choice who got the closest on all the points guesses. So you can find that over at Dice Hate on Patreon. All the links are in the show notes. You can on join Spotify the Discord. Yeah, and on Spotify. You can join us on Discord. I did post a bunch of uh, cool, what I think are cool links in our uh, video game section, um, as well as some memes in the um, um, podcast crap thing, just for Ed and Sean to laugh at. Um, but I did post... So basically some links to some articles about my uncle who was a games designer who um, I was immensely fond of until he passed away at a, a young... I'm now older than he was, I believe, when he passed away, which makes me a little bit sad. That's yeah. Ed not laughing at the my uncle dying, laughing at the memes I posted. Yeah, no, I was laughing at the Call of Duty thing. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah. I picked the wrong moment to click on that. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I mean, it was a long, long time ago. I've uh, I've accepted... 
Well, yeah, um, there's some cool stuff in there, of, like the old um, graphics yeah. that he used to work on. I, like, I, I read he, through it. I read through it and watched the video. Yeah, and like he was um, an extremely talented artist of working in that like eight bit time, um, and like did worked magic for for the era he worked in, um, yeah. and went through and was still working on like. Um, X2 Wolverine's Revenge. I remember him doing all of the level designs for for that, and um, that was the last game he worked on. But yeah, some some happy memories from that time because I used to get to go and play. I've spoken about this in the past, but uh, he used to take me into work with him in the summer holidays for school, where uh, so I'd do um, bug bug testing and just play computer games that weren't out yet. It's good fun. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, that's all on the Discord, so come and join us there. Feel free to hit us up and have topics. It's Generally, it's getting more and more active. We're getting more and more patrons, more and more people joining, so that's been really cool and good to see. Um, other content-wise, it's been slowed down a little bit because I've been working really hard to try and get products and different things ready for the store because I'm trying to do my best to make it not rely on Patreon and all of that and give you guys better value but I'm being pulled in lots of different directions. So apologies if you're waiting for stuff. Um, I do have to apologize to the UK patrons because apparently I didn't send any of them out. So that will be rectified. I'm not going to send them in the December rush because that's when mail gets lost. So yep. I'm going to wait until January. But every, I, I literally have the bags of stuff in front of me um, ready to go and get packed up. So they will be shipping out in January. And that'll be the last batch of patron stuff working that way because the online store will come out. And then the way I'm hoping I can implement it is I'll just give you credits for the store and you can buy what you want. Yeah, I like so, that system better. Yeah, it just it, it seems simpler. And um, rather than you getting forced to have X-Wing tokens, because we're branching out into so many different forms of content and different shows, I figured that's the best way of doing it now. So, yeah. I agree. All right, that's going to do it for this one. Who's up on the next one? Is it a is it a Sean show next week? That is a Sean show. Two weeks and, from now. Any ideas? Not yet, no. Um, but we'll, we'll, I'll get one. I'll get All right, one. good, good. All right, well, that is going to do it for this one. We will see you guys in the, on the next episode. Thank you so much. No, it's not flying casual anymore. I, I know. I still want, like, there's a big part of me that wants to end it that way, but it's not. So <laughs> try not to. Okay, uh, well, we're still recording, so everyone can enjoy that as the extra. Thanks for listening to a Lack of Focus podcast brought to you by Dice Productions.